is not the same as it was. Mutants, they're gone now. Not yet. Who is she? You know who she is, Arlen. She needs help. Where are we going? There are more of them. Something's happening to you, Logan. You're not healing. That's right. Old man. Logan. Rated R. Episode 177. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five, five four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the Leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. Hammer time. <laughs> Frank is <laughs> Frank is here. And uh joining us this week, I'm gonna play his bumper for everybody. We have a special guest joining us for our Logan review. Straight out of England and into your ear pussies. He's a motherfucking Jedi. It's Dan West. That's right, we've got Mr. Dan West joining us. Dan West, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you guys. Yeah. All right. So uh everybody's had a chance to see Logan. Yep. Yes, yes. All right. Yep. Yeah. Uh let's see here. You know what? This review is going to be spoiler filled. So when we do jump into our review, I want you to be ready for that. So here's our spoiler warning. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dickhole. You have been warned. Spoiler pussies. First time listeners are thinking to themselves, what in the hell did I just get myself into? Uh, this uh, electronica woman is just telling me that I'm going to have spoilers shoved in my dick hole. Uh, unsubscribe. And uh, one, one star review. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it doesn't go up. I like how fast we got that out the window. I think that's the record for our fastest spoiler warning ever. I forget. That's why, Jake. Oh, nice. I mean, you know, I mean, there's times where I'm not saying every time, but there's been pre previous, you know, reviews where I have not dropped the spoiler warning or we'll be basically like, you know, halfway done with the review and I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is uh, spoilers. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jake. Jake always with the facts there at the beginning. Of I liked it. I liked yeah. it. Oh, you like that? Yeah. Okay. No, that's not a complaint. No, I don't have to worry about fucking up. I don't have to have a okay. dies moment. You played the fucking spoiler warning. Okay. Yeah. It, like, it like makes me like calmer. I'm like, yeah. ah, yes, I don't okay. have to Good. worry about saying something. Good. I'm glad I could help. Okay. I, th I thought you were being a little bit critical there. No, I was not at all. Of the placement. I was not at all. I okay. love it. Okay. All right. It's like ba-blam. All right. Okay. I can say whatever. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're going to be talking about Logan. Everybody's had a chance to see it. How many times has everybody seen it so far? I just once. I just walked out of it like an hour and a half ago. Yeah. Dan? Y yeah, just once for me as well, man. All right, I've seen it two times personally, 
Um, so we're going to be talking about it here. But before we jump into Logan, I want to talk about uh, the Deadpool tre- teaser that uh, was played at the beginning of, uh, you know, before it all started. This totally caught me uh, off guard because I, you know, I know it's online now mm, and people yeah, are passing yeah. it around online and stuff like that. I personally have not posted it on our Facebook page or on our Twitter because I, feel, you know, I, I feel like if you're going to go see Logan, you're going to want to see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't advertised and it, it kind of played out as a surprise. It seems. Yeah, like. yeah, exactly. So I wanted people to be surprised when they went to the theater to see, just as just as I was, because uh, I was totally taken off guard. I was like. What is going on here? Okay, am I seeing like a trailer for a new movie coming out? Who's walking with this hoodie? Is that Luke Cage? What's going on here? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, man, we got we got Ryan Reynolds uh, back as Deadpool. Um, it, it was just fun. I, I thought it was just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. Um, yeah, yeah, I like the uh, the Logan marquee on the movie theater. I thought uh, that was really oh, yeah, cool. A little that's bit funny. of that's fourth funny. wall breaking, and then it said uh, on the uh, what was it the uh, phone booth? I forgot what they're called because they don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it said uh, Nathan Summers coming soon. I yeah, <laughs> thought that was very cool. All the Firefly posters. That Firefly was, posters. That was yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. What What was up with that? Was there Is there somebody involved in it that yeah. was involved in Firefly? I or? don't know. I was wondering if there was any meaning to that either because they were definitely yeah. prominent. Are they Are they casting an actor from the series into Deadpool two or is I don't know. You know, I I don't know. Nathan I, Fillion is Cable. Yeah, I don't know. Alan Tudyk would be good in that world too. He's silly. Yeah. Yeah. Hard saying. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what? Hey, just tell me your thoughts on it. Like, what did you think? Yeah, are we rating this? Want to rate? Oh, it? we don't have to rate it if you don't want. I, if you want to, you can. And yeah. before we jump in and rate everything, let me uh, break down our rating system with this nice little bumper. This is how we rate things on the show. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So, yeah, we'll be rating this uh, Logan movie. But, yeah, if you want to rate this, you can. I'm going to give it a low taste it. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. I, I didn't feel like the dialogue was very snappy, like yeah. that I'm used to from the Deadpool stuff. <laughs> and I guess already knowing I was going to get a Deadpool 2 trailer kind yeah. of worked against this for me. Yeah, because you knew going in. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't seen the trailer yet, but I knew I was going to get one. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I was kind of overall disappointed. I thought the joke <laughs> was kind of easy and not very funny. So, I didn't laugh once. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. there's going to be a Deadpool 2, but I thought this was a very terrible way to advertise that. Whoa. Hmm. All right, Frank. What did you I think? thought it was great. I Tupperware I did watch it online. I did watch it online first, and uh, there was two versions. The one I got in the theater was a little different than the one I watched online. Uh, they drug out the phone booth bit a little more uh, in the online version where he actually picks up the phone and makes a call and asks for somebody and mm. then hangs up. I haven't seen that one yet. so it, it, That's the only real difference oh. that I noticed, but uh, I, I drug that out a little bit. But I thought that was funny, them dragging that out, and you can see his presses his bare-ass cheeks against the window yeah. as he's trying to change and shit. I thought it was great. Yeah. Dan, what would you think of it? 
Uh, I didn't actually get to see this when I went to go see Logan because um, I went with uh, Matt Kirby and we had no idea how uh, busy the, the uh, cinema and the car park was going to be. So he ended up having to park in the street about five minutes down the road. Mm. But I have watched it online and uh, I'll just give it a taste. It, it was, um, you know, typical Deadpool. And um, yeah, I knew Frank would like the arse in the window. <laughs> <laughs> I, I immediately thought of you as soon as I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, That's it, why it Batman v Superman went up in his ratings. Cavill ass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh a few times, man. And uh, I loved him like laying down on the guy that just got <laughs> shot. I thought that was good. And stealing his shopping. I thought it's that was pretty cool. Him. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was fun. I'll, I'll give it a, uh, I'll give it a high tasted. I, you know, I thought it was a fun because I was surprised. That's that's what got me is I felt the energy of the crowd that I was with because yeah, yeah. you know I was in I was in the theater. I had no idea that we were going to get a Deadpool teaser and. The smile and the laughs on everybody's face in the theater as we're watching this, you know, unfold in front of us. We don't know what's going to happen. The excitement level was there and it was definitely there in my theater because I don't think anybody in my theater knew that we were going to get this. I hadn't seen it leaked online yet and it was just, it was a great theater experience for me, you know? Yeah, that would have helped it. It it really did because like as soon as like, I didn't know who I was seeing with the hoodie on and when the hoodie came off and, and I heard the music, I was like, oh my god, it's Deadpool. This is great. <laughs> this is great. What a great gift. I mean, to, to Deadpool fans to, to show this before the, before the film. I thought that was great. It was very predictable. It was very predictable that the guy was going to get shot and murdered and, and all that shit before he could get out there and rescue him. I, I thought that was predictable as all hell. But on the flip side, I just like, I think it was my experience. Yeah, that would have helped. So, all right, let's uh, break down. Uh, let's get to the advertised content here and uh, talk about uh, Logan. It's directed by James Mangold. Um, and uh, James Mangold had uh, announced that he is going to be releasing a black and white version of the entire film. Uh, like uh, George Miller recently, I'd say about a month or two ago, they had the black and chrome uh, Mad Max Fury Road that came out. And uh, they only showed that at one theater near me. And it wasn't like a wide release or anything like that. Yeah, that, I w- that kind of stuff's neat. Durabot did it with uh, The Mist yeah, yeah. a while back. Yeah, they did it with like the first season of The Walking Dead as well. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things, like, is this going to be just included in the Blu-ray release or the digital release? Or is it going to be something that they're going to, you know, try to put him back in the theater again? I hope it's something that goes in the theater. I really do. I hope it's both, actually. I hope it. we see it in the theater maybe right oh, before, like yeah, as an absolutely. advertisement for the Blu-ray. Oh, absolutely. And then we kind of get that bundle where we get both. That Yeah, that goes without saying. Of course, I want that when I mm-hmm. get it. You know, yeah. it's one of those things. I just hope that Fox does it on the initial release of the Blu-ray as opposed to waiting, you know, a year to give us that rogue cut oh. of Days of Future Past, which, you know what? They warned us. That Fox is good about that. They'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. They'll tell you if it's going to come out on Blu-ray that, you know, they're going to tell you up front, like, yeah, wait for it if you want to. We'll give yeah. you the original theatrical version, you know, but if you want to wait for the black and white version, then then you can. And I chose to wait for the Rogue Cut. And, I, you know, I, I waited forever. But it was worth it because I got the road cut and it came with the theatrical of Days of Future Past. So. Yeah, Fox is so wishy-washy with that stuff. Like on one hand with the X-Men stuff, they'll let you know and there's both versions available. Yeah. But then like with like the Alien stuff, they usually have it always just packed in together. Mm-hmm. So you know you don't really know which way they're going to go here. Right. So hopefully yeah. it's the both on one disc right on release day. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. 
But you know, they might try to like, they might try to double dip us, so who knows? Of course. Uh, according, uh, it's also written by, uh, James Mangold and the screenplay by Scott Frank. Uh, according to James Mangold, this film is influenced by the crime story, The Gauntlet, uh, and dramas Paper Moon, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Wrestler, and Wild West stories, The Cowboys, and Shane, of course Shane. Shane was actually featured in the film, you know, the Alan Ladd, Jack Palance movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Of course, yeah. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, it stars Hugh Jackman as Logan, and somebody did the, uh, they did the math here on his age, and according to Wolverine Origins, uh, he, that takes place, it starts off in 1845. So if they're guessing if, if, if James Howlett, Logan, was between six to ten years old during that time that in this version, which takes place in 2029, he's going to be between 190 to 200 years old. So somewhere in between there. Good God. That's how old he is in this film. I like it. Patrick Stewart comes back as Charles Xavier. Uh, Patrick Stewart lost 21 pounds to play Charles Xavier as elderly and sick. Uh, Stewart claimed that he had a steady weight since he was a teenager and had never deliberately lost weight before. Hugh Jackman genuinely held Stewart in all the scenes of Wolverine carrying Dr. Xavier. We had Daphne Keene as Laura Kinney, X-23. Uh, Boyd Holbrook uh, as Pierce, Donald Pierce, who looks like, man, he just looks like a greasy Hemsworth brother, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm you know with it. I'll, yeah. I'll co-sign that. You know, like yeah. if the Hemsworths, like if there was a black sheep in the family, right. you know, like 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 the, the one that's on heroin or some shit. <laughs> he just, he looks like a greasy Hemsworth. He's got a gold-plated tooth. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. Just you know, I, I like it, I like it, yeah. it's funny. Right, he's like the Norman Reedus version <laughs> of a Hemsworth. Complete with Southern draw. Yeah. You got Liam Hemsworth and Chris and Norman. <laughs> Stephen Merchant as Caliban. Stephen Merchant is the second actor to portray the mutant Caliban after Tomas Lamarquis in X-Men Apocalypse. So Stephen Merchant, guys, he had his work cut out for him for this role. <laughs> you know, it's, what? It's, How do you follow that up? I know. It's, those, are, those, are, those are hard shoes to fill. You know, Tom, Tomas, I mean, you know, he reinvented the character of Caliban, you know, his riveting performance. I forgot in, that character was in Apocalypse. Yeah, same here. That's, I know. I, <laughs> that's, that's the whole fucking... I, I know, I guess. I'm cracking up. the whole fucking joke. And uh, Elizabeth Rodriguez stars as Gabriella. Uh, we had Richard E. Grant as Dr. Rice. Was it Xander Rice? Hmm, I don't know. I yeah. Don't, I, don't I didn't catch that. that. Yeah, I think it might have been Xander Rice. Is that a comic character? Uh, I, th- I, th- I think it is. Yeah. Really? Okay. okay. Uh, no, well, no. Dale Rice. Dale Rice was his father mm-hmm. in this movie. He talks about well, and, and actually, Logan says that. Yeah, you know, I'm jumping into the movie. Whatever. Logan says that he killed Dale Rice. Dale Rice is neither a comic book character nor was he in any of the previous films. Hmm. But he claims to have killed his father probably during Weapon X. Yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. know if Xander Rice is a comic book character or not. Um, you you think he is, Dan? Yeah, I think he is. I seem to remember like reading something about him to do with like the X twenty three program and stuff okay. like that. Yeah, it might be part of that. They might just be trying to tie that in with Wolverine's story as well. Uh, and yeah. then we had Eric LaSalle as Will Munson. He was the farmer. Uh, let's see here, guys. The story for Logan in twenty twenty nine, the mutant population has shrunk significantly and the X Men have disbanded. Logan, 
whose power to self-heal is dwindling, has surrendered himself to alcohol and now earns a living as a chauffeur. He takes care of the ailing Professor X, whom he keeps hidden away. One day, a female stranger asks Logan to drive a girl named Laura to the Canadian border. At first, he refuses, but the professor has been waiting for a long time for her to appear. Laura possesses an extraordinary fighting prowess and is in many ways like Wolverine. She is pursued by sinister figures working for a powerful corporation. This is because of her DNA contains the secret that connects her to Logan. A relentless pursuit begins in this third cinematic outing featuring the Marvel comic book character Wolverine, we see the superheroes beset by everyday problems. They are aging, ailing, and struggling to survive financially. A decrepit Logan is forced to ask himself if he can or even wants to put his remaining – I don't have the rest of the story there. Anyway, uh, Logan has an estimated budget of $127 million, and it has a runtime of 137 minutes. Um, I found out that uh, China only got 123 minutes. They got a censored version. Hmm. Uh, Logan was – they're saying Logan was, re- was released on 3-3 because he has three claws on each hand. So <laughs> that's the thing. Wow. That's, I never even thought of that. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. They didn't market that very well. Not very well. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't. You know? Yeah. The March three claw 2017 poster. Yes. Yeah. Well, been a you know. Too much. Yeah. Like you see, like March, you know, and they throw three and then like three claws go up and then another three, the third. <laughs> you know, that's cheesy as all hell. Um, yeah. Let's see here. You know, before I jump into this, let's talk about this timeline. Let's talk about it because I want to figure this out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was thinking about that. Too. I don't think we're going to be able to figure it out. No, okay? no, no. I don't think so. Basically, X Men Days of Future Past, we've got Logan. He resets the timeline. He has no memory of the new timeline that's been created after 1973. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Logan from 1973 up until sometime in the 2000s that his memory's been wiped, and we're still watching the original Logan with all of his original memories. Is that correct? Mm, yes. I, I, I partially. I, I. It's not that he can't remember stuff. It's that. Like he still has memories. They're just memories of a different timeline than the one that was established in the first few movies. So they, they kind of like – he got hit with like a blast of memories then? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's how I always took it. It's okay. not like a – I'm, I'm trying to figure it out yeah, well, yeah, as well. Yeah, me too. Me know. too. I don't think there's concrete evidence to support either of us. It's all pontification at this point. The only thing that tripped me up timeline-wise was when they're in the future in Days of Future Past, what year is that? Uh, they went to, I believe it was 2024. Mm. Oh, okay. So it would be five years before in the future. this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that stuff didn't happen. So. Well, some of the stuff happened. I mean, we find out in this movie, I mean, there's, uh, they mentioned the Statue of Liberty. So, mm-hmm. right. you know, some of the continuity from the original X-Men film still made it into this. Also, there was the samurai sword uh, that the, that was given to Wolverine in the Wolverine film yeah. that James Mangold had. That, that samurai sword, you can see it in the... Uh, in the uh, smelting mill where Logan and uh, Charles are hiding. so Yeah, that was kind of the beauty of the Days of Future Past ending was it, it, it kind of left it up to them where they could kind of pick the stuff that they wanted to keep and mm-hmm. discard the stuff that they thought they'd fucked up along the way. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. it's just like what carried over, what didn't. I guess we'll never 100% fully know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> it gives a – it's an excuse for anything basically. Yeah. It's a giant fucking loophole. Yeah. That they could make anything work because of. Right. My big question about the timeline, and, and 
is that, you know, okay, so we've seen with X-Men First Class, that came out in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was set in the 60s, excuse me. Uh, Days of Future Past was 70s. Apocalypse was set in the 80s. We know mm-hmm. that X-Men uh, Supernova is going to be in the 90s. So is this the last of those films? Is it going to end in the 90s? Because in the 2000s is when we got our first X-Men film. Or are they going to go back and are they going to, like in the next film, are they going to – reset are they going to reset something to that to where the stories can be be told in the 2000s now i don't know logically i think you need to wrap the cigarverse up but it's like if i think they're going to wrap the cigarverse up i almost at this point don't with yeah. the, the news of the tv series coming obviously supernova they want to do well and spend more movies off of yeah but see i'm saying it's like a fitting end for it if like oh, we, i completely agree yeah like 60s yeah. 70s 80s 90s yeah. and then the first x-men film took place as far as we know in 2000 yep. yeah because that's when the movie came out so if i'm guessing by the timeline they've completed that timeline that's the time to wrap up the singerverse and then give them time to figure out what they're going to do with the character of wolverine going forward are, are we going to recap you know yeah so yeah. yeah that would be better than seeing the new versions of what happened in the like first trilogy of right. x-men movies that yeah. were changed by days of future past well, like, that would be silly we can't really get like wolverine now uh in with with this x-men supernova because we've already seen wolverine we we saw him go feral after weapon x right he's already bumped into gene gray mm-hmm. i mean and you know those stories have already been kind of told with the 2000s, I, I thought like maybe I think it. I think for the studio, it's smart to complete it in the 90s, and then what happens is when the story ends, maybe they give us a little bit of a time jump, mm-hmm. and we see the school the way it was when we saw X Men the first movie. It's kind of like a nice way to wrap this up with a right. nice yeah. tight little bow and a package. And I like it too. It's it's like yeah. a big circle. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, and you know it pays homage to like that original film as as much as like it it. Uh, it doesn't do what superhero movies are doing today. It was a pioneer as far as Marvel films. Yeah. You know, it's a, it was a pioneer for these films. It, it was really the first big one that we got. Well, oh, I mean, yeah, we could huge. talk about, we can talk about Batman. We can, you well, know, we yeah. can talk about the stuff in the past from DC. Yeah. But, you know, as far as like starting off the Marvel universe, you're absolutely right, right. Frank. I mean, this and is as like, far as T yeah. comic book movies. Yes. Though. And it didn't bomb. It didn't bomb. As much as we didn't like, you know, the black leather, mm-hmm. you know, as much as we didn't like that, it, this movie, it, it did a lot. The first one did a lot right, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, yeah, they got Sabretooth all wrong, yeah. you know, but it, it, it did a lot of good things for, you know, we got Ian McKellen as Magneto, and we got Patrick Stewart as, you know, and then we, and then this hidden gem, Hugh Jackman as yeah. Wolverine. And here we are, guys, we've completed that journey. Well, we'll talk about if we've completed that journey, yeah. but 17 years of the evolution of this actor be, being this character a guy from australia who had no connection to the x-men at all when he was first told what the x-men were the only thing he he knew there was a band in australia that called themselves the x-men <laughs> he, he never read any of the comics yeah that's funny so, nine movie appearances all ten, together ten. ten with the cameos Good so this is his tenth with the cameo what, what's the tenth with the cameo then uh there, there's the, the the three original x-men the three solo wolverine movies yes. the three like new New verse X Men uh-huh. movies. They're wanting, they're, they're wanting to. They are also wanting to throw in. If you can put maybe an asterisk next to this one, but they are wanting to put the fact in that he did get a, a, a small cameo in Deadpool with the mask. Oh, you can put Deadpool a, with the mask. With the, okay, you he, can put an asterisk next to he it. He was yeah. also in first class it, for a few seconds. I counted first class. Oh, you did? Oh, yes, okay. I counted all three of those. Yeah, Dan, do you want do you want the Singerverse to wrap up with Supernova, or do you think that there's more stories to be told? 
Man, it, I reckon that they really should stop now because I didn't personally think that Apocalypse was, was good at all. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like you're saying it's like a, it's a nice it, it's wrapped up in a nice bow. If yeah. they do the 90s and then that's going to lead on to the, you know, 2000, the first movie. Right. So, yeah, I think they should really I should stop. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to see more X-Men stuff. But, you know, this cycle has definitely come to come, come to its end, I think. I think um, Dan makes a great point. Like your your theory only works if Supernova is a good movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's so. true. Uh, now this this is something I was wondering if uh, if they're gonna like end it with the '90s and then pick up back in 2000s. Do you think that would end up being like a period piece? Because now we're you know going on 20 years removed from from that. Or would they just kind of pick it up present day? That's what I'm saying they shouldn't do is try to remake the movies that they already made in 2000. Like they shouldn't try to recreate the new timeline of what was going on during X-Men 1 and 3. And they, they, they've kind of like – I don't know. They, 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 there's a problem there too because we've already been introduced to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine within that right. timeline Okay. in Apocalypse. We saw him, you know, Weapon X – the effects of Weapon X on him, him going right. feral and, and escaping from, you know, Weapon X and then running out into the Canadian, you know, so just uh, start woods. fresh then? Start, start fresh is what I'm saying. Whether they're going to do – I mean can you really – do you really think that this next X-Men movie is going to be that much of a hit? Do you really think that people took to uh, what's-her-face's Jean Grey? No, no. I don't see what the selling point of this next X-Men movie is going to be that's really going to put butts in seats yet. Yeah. I don't really see it at all. I feel like if you're just telling people it's the G Gray stuff, people are going to remember X Men Three, yeah, and yeah. not get excited about that. Yeah. I'm in that boat. Yeah, and so. it sounds like Kinberg's wanting to go Dark Phoenix with this one. So, all right, guys, we've been talking about this timeline stuff for way too long. I like it; it's good combo, though. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a good thing to talk about. Um, but uh, anyway, we're going to go ahead and we're going to rate Logan. So again, our rating system is toss it, taste it, Tupperware. I'm going to start off with Frank. I I thought this was a good example of how a movie should be made. They were less concerned with trying to tie it in with things that happened in the past other than just loosely. And they certainly weren't that concerned with trying to tie it into anything in the future. It was mm. its own story. And I think that is what is important. They told the whole story and the with the end, you have a real sense of closure and finality with it. And even if they were to expand on certain things going forward, there's certain parts of this that, you know, they're done, they're over with, they're not coming back. Uh, I thought it was really touching and very, very, very descriptive of the overall character of Wolverine in this film. And, and Logan is a person. Uh, I Tupperware it. I wasn't expecting it to be this good. And it, it really delivered for me. It, it didn't try to do anything with the R rating that I wouldn't have expected it to do. They didn't try to get stupid, silly with it like Deadpool. Yeah. They didn't try to tell raunchy jokes or anything. Uh, the R rating was really necessary for them to tell the the grit and the meaning of the film. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought that was really great and appropriate as well. Um, and Hugh Jackman is always as great. And uh, the, the X-23, I can't remember her name, the actress. I think it's Daphne uh, Keene. Yeah, yeah correct. That's right. Uh, she was great as well. Uh, she, for a kid... Uh, did really well as far as playing a serious role. And she did really well with it. So I loved it. I thought it was great. All right. So Tupperware from Frank. Dan West. Uh, I am going to go uh, high taste it for this because the first uh, two acts of the movie were a complete Tupperware. 
Um, I really enjoyed it, like, all the way through. I thought the, I, like Frank was saying, I think the, the violence and the grit was necessary for what they were trying to get across with the story. But there were elements of it that I didn't enjoy, especially um, X24 uh, showing up. Um, I didn't understand why they needed that character. Dude, I think, they, I, I think it should have been DMX24. <laughs> And, you know, that would have been amazing. And he's just okay, like, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's yeah, so going to give it to you. I was just thinking yeah. that. Yeah. Whole, and there's your tie into Deadpool. Yeah. 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 Going back to that whole, you know, like arch villain thing showing up, like we've had in like Batman versus Superman and like, uh, like the Ironmonger and Iron Man stuff that didn't really kind of, you know, it, it, I don't think it was needed. So, I mean, aside from that and some other sort of points about it um, that I didn't enjoy, I, I really enjoyed this movie a hell of a lot. And, I mean, it's so close to, to being a Tupperware, but at the end of the day, if I was doing like a like uh, out of 10, it would be a 7. So mm. it's um it's it's a high Tupperware. Don't let me the forget. High, oh, sorry, high taste it. High Tupperware. It's a high, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's a high taste high, high Don't taste let it. me forget, yeah. but uh, and, and, and we may forget. Maybe someone will have to come back to the future, but – Maybe sometime in, during this review, I want us to rate our. And it sounds silly, but I do want us to rate our our, our Wolverine films. You know, as far as like you know how we rate them. You know, okay, yeah, or, yeah sure. Origins, the Wolverine, and then Logan. For some of our new listeners, might not know like where we stand on these. So, um, Jake, talk to me. Yeah, um, I, I think Dan and Frank bring up a lot of great points. Um, one thing, real quick, before I give my rating, I disagree with Frank about. Is um, I think this movie works on both levels. I think it's a great one-and-done movie, but I think this movie also is very concerned with the past and the future of stuff that's happened before. I mean, there's tons of subtle hints and stuff going on with, like, the Singer universe, especially as far as uh, the Logan character is concerned. Um, no, I, I, as far I, I I agree with the with the past. Frank, you did say that there were subtle things that they brought up. Yeah, like you saw the samurai sword. Yeah, yeah. There. I agree with 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 Jake here on the past stuff and I I, I do agree with your subtle the, the subtle use of these things they're, they're, it's not heavy-handed they're not oh smitten. no it's not heavy-handed at all and that's how like I said it works as a great one and done movie but, but it, if you know the history it's yeah. definitely there and there's definitely well, yeah. like, stuff to like be really wowed by yeah but like I, I mean uh, it, it works both ways I mean we we got Stephen Merchant not our not not not, not my favorite uh Tomas I mean he, that guy was unreal <laughs> yeah. in his performance as Taliban <laughs> in Apocalypse that guy phenomenal actor <laughs> he ruined um, it for you yeah no yeah and Stephen Merchant just ruined this film for me because <laughs> I, I I wanted I wanted that Tomas performance I didn't get it but they really like they pay no attention to the way that character was portrayed in the original X-Men apocalypse movie you know what i mean right they they pay yeah. no attention to that it's like they pick and choose what they want mm-hmm. from each of these characters so it's for sure for sure but i get what you're saying i get what you're saying i, I agree with both of you it didn't as far completely as, ignore the history and i thought there was some nice little stuff in there as far yeah. as stuff like going out in the future like i don't x23 you know, very cool character. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm going to get to my rating here in a second. But I don't care to see any of those other kids in future movies. Okay? Right, I don't care. I don't, need, I don't need to see Mutants of the Corn in any future <laughs> fucking uh, X-Men films. <laughs> if I get a new Mutants movie, I don't want it to be any of these other child 
actors. Right. Okay. I want I want these to be new mutants that I'm familiar with. So I like, hear you. the story going forward, I don't really care about. I think it you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I'm not saying that we were gonna see more movies, but it yeah. definitely didn't tie the bow. It definitely left stuff to talk about. Oh sure. As far as this timeline I, yeah. and what happens later. Okay. All I right. mean there's a lot of X twenty three fans out there and they're they're not easily gonna forget yeah. Oh, well, no, they could no, easily no. pick up the story of X twenty three, but like certain things. I mean, I know we're going to get spoilery, but like there's certain people that this is their last story. You won't see more of them or hear of them. And like this is the story that was told for them, and then anything moving forward is going to be about something new. Yeah, for sure. If there's any moving forward whatsoever. Right. But yeah, I, I give this movie a Tupperware. Um, I fucking loved it. I, I didn't expect to give it a Tupperware. Um. I thought – I mean this movie had a lot of violence and I thought it was brilliant in the way that it acknowledged its own violence and it was almost like a part of the story and I was really blown away by that. I, I feel – after John Wick 2, I was kind of like, ugh, so much fucking violence and John Wick does not give a fuck, you know? But these characters are not those characters at all. Like it, it really does fucking shit to Logan's psyche, like all this violence that he has to do and it's very much a story point mm-hmm. and I really appreciated it. So you get – the best of both worlds you get all this cool looking fucking snicked action yeah and then you still get these like consequences of what happens when you like have that lifestyle and what you do because of that and i thought this movie dealt with those themes really well and i was really blown away tonally by this movie yeah i fucking loved it um i know you say we're gonna rank shit later yeah but if i were to put fox movies and marvel movies together yeah this would be my number two movie wow holy crap Okay, so you're Whoa. talking about you're talking about MCU. Yeah, you know what 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 Marvel Studios has done. So basically, you're saying Guardians of the Galaxy number one, followed by Logan. Logan. Yes. Wow. Now, like I said, I just Damn. saw this shit like two three hours ago. Right. But I mean, I was just like, I was fucking moved. Like I had yeah. a hard time driving home after seeing this movie. Wow. Wow. Like I, this movie really fucking shook my foundations. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Tupperware, yeah, wow, wow. So, yeah, two Tupperwares. Dan's got a high taste it. Um, let's see here. I, uh, the, the, there, there's things that I don't like about this movie. And I'm with you, Dan. That X24 stuff, man. That X24 yeah. stuff was a little off putting and it felt like, it felt like it, it went back to, for me, it went back to, uh, in the Wolverine, when we were introduced to the Viper character and she just yeah. felt out of place in there where they were just trying to throw in something. We got to throw in something more X-Men-y and yeah. this felt out of place for me just because it, at first I was just like, oh my gosh, this is bizarre. Upon second watch though, I did realize that we are dealing a lot with DNA, a lot with science. And oh, yeah, of course. And the way that they did portray X-24, he was a mindless clone. And I did – I saw – I read somewhere where the look of X-24, what they did, it, it was Hugh Jackman. He played that role, but they made him look like Lee Schreiber's saber tooth. I had that feeling yeah, I noticed well that I too. watching. They went out of their way to make sure that – so it was almost like – he got to fight Sabretooth, but on the flip side, he's fighting himself. Yeah. And I tried to look at it that way as a fanboy, as like maybe 
maybe I want this. I'm with you. I, I liked the X24 stuff, yeah. and that's exactly how I took it. And it, it spoke even like I was talking about how thematically the mm-hmm. violent stuff yeah. I really liked. Yeah. I thought X24 was that version of Logan yeah. that didn't have that conscience, yeah. and yeah. he had to take that down. Like he knows better than anybody right. what a person like him would be. Yeah. Without that psyche, without that carried. It was just the way that the character was introduced. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for saying this because now going back and thinking about it, I think James Mangold did a great job of just having him show up and fuck with our heads. Yeah, yeah. I did not see it coming. But in, when I first was watching it, I'm like, did I miss something? Did, did, did I miss something? Because all of a sudden, like, we've got this new we've – got, we've got Wolverine showing up. And I'm like, what, what is what is going on here? And it's almost like I wanted James Mangold to to, to hold my hand through this scene, and I feel bad for even thinking that now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, it, it's it's one of those things where I'm I'm one of those I'm one of those when I go to the movies, I don't like my hand being held. I like great storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smart movies, like smart movies. And I felt like James Mangold just, you know what? Here you go, boom. Here's X24. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. And and I like that now, but when I was watching it, I w- it took me out of the movie for a moment. But upon second viewing and watching it again, I appreciated it that much more. And I felt like James Mangold gave us something that maybe fanboys want to see. And, and yeah, maybe it's a little bit of fanboy service, but we got to see Wolverine fight himself. Right. And I mean, we got to see him fight a better version of himself. And I love underdog stories. You guys know this. Oh, yeah. Possibly the most capable villain we've ever seen Wolverine yes. fight in one of these movies. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, man, I, uh, I'm i going to give this movie a Tupperware. It, it, there were parts in it that I felt like they could have taken out, maybe made it a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest with you, from the very – and we're going we're gonna to start – we're going to open it up for discussion now that I've rated it. It's a Tupperware. But basically, like when this movie first started and they are stealing his uh, – he, he's a, an Uber driver. Yeah. Is he an Uber driver? Yeah, that's what I got off yeah. of it. And so when they're, steal- when they're trying to steal that uh, limousine that he's got <laughs> and he walks out – and he's like, "What the fuck?" And <laughs> and then all you know, like we got we got like f bombs being dropped left and right in this thing. And I'm oh, just yeah. like, "Oh my god, this is great!" And then all of a sudden, like you know, guys, you don't want to do this. Don't do this. Right. And he starts to fight them as they're trying to like steal like the the chrome. They're trying to take like the chrome uh, rims. The hubcaps, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. 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 And uh, when he starts, when his blades start going through skulls, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I literally started tearing up in the theater. I was tears of joy, Frank. (laughs) For finally getting to see. Tears of fucking joy, man. Wolverine growing up for me was like my favorite character. He's not my favorite X-Man now, Uh but as a boy, as a young boy, he was. My favorite X-Man now is Magic. I love her. But anyway, like Wolverine for me as a child was amazing. Okay, you're talking about a guy who's got a healing factor. Mm Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who's like like an animal. He goes into this field rage. Mm-hmm. He's got an adamantium skeleton, like a fucking Terminator, and he's got fucking razor sharp claws. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, That's... the portrayal of him as the character was yeah. just second to none. And when I... he's doing this, when he, when we finally get the... that's what these are made for. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like that scene from Swingers where the guy is like talking about how his buddy is a bear. He's like, he's scared of the bunny uh-huh. and he's got claws. He's talking about like this girl that he wants him to go hit on. Uh-huh. He's like, you're scared to hit on this girl. She's a bunny and you're a bear and you got these big claws. Why are you scared of the bunny? You're looking at your claws and you're scared of your, you're scared of the bunny. Mm-hmm. Wolverine's got these claws for a reason, guys. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we haven't seen him take full advantage of these claws. I mean, we haven't seen him in past films drive these claws into somebody's fucking skull. That's what they're there for. And we're seeing it done for the first time. And I've got tears of joy, man. I'm like, yes, I can't believe that I'm seeing this. And I'm thinking to myself, why has it been so long? (laughs) Why did it take him 17 years for us to get an R rated, uh, R rated Wolverine movie? And I'm going back to what Simon Kinberg said that this was the plan all along. Deadpool did not. Come, it was not a factor. Bullshit. Thank you. Bullshit. Bullshit. It's bullshit. It's, it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. This was not the plan all along. This was not the plan all along. Remember how much fanboys were fucking creaming their jeans for that X-Men 2 shit at the beginning? Yeah. Like, finally. And they even advertised it. Like, yeah. Singer was like, you're going to see Wolverine go in full yeah. feral mode at, at X-Men 2. We couldn't do it in the first one, but we're giving it to you in the second yeah. one. Yeah. It was like some pansy-ass shit. <laughs> Guys, I I was just from the get go like this that 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 opening scene was just amazing. Yeah, it was great. Cutting shotguns, just slicing them in oh, half, yeah. you know, like a hot butter through knife. Man, I loved it. I liked that there was no like real title sequence that we just got like right a knife into through this. hot butter. I said a hot <laughs> butter through hot knife. butter through knife. <laughs> yeah, like a fucking dyslexic. Really hot ass butter. It, it works both ways. Like a dyslexic on a podcast. <laughs> anyway, all right, uh, but yeah. I, Oh, it was so good. I can't gush enough. Yeah, the opening it. sequence was amazing. Yeah. Holy shit. I, and it was like when he was like, you guys don't want to do this, it almost felt like it was just as much that he was all hungover yeah. and not wanting to deal with it too. It was yeah. Like even more so than he really didn't care about, you know, right. having to do what he had to do. Right. I From the very beginning all the way clear to the end, like you could see his reluctance to get involved in pretty much anything. Like yeah. to stop them, he didn't really want to do it until they started shooting him. And then uh, I, I even – like with, with what he said towards the end as far as like don't be what they made you to be, mm-hmm. that's where I felt like the X-24 stuff came in really good because it was like he was fighting – himself and his urges to go ahead and just go ape shit and kill people and it, it was his struggle his whole life to have a conscience and try to do the right thing even if he didn't really want to which is pretty much the overarching narrative of the whole movie like he gets yeah. drawn into it because it's the right thing to do well that, i mean that goes back it. to them watching the movie shane mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's mm-hmm. what shane is basically about like this retired gunslinger who just wants to go into town and be like a uh you know a hand on a on a ranch mm-hmm. and he's brought into this you know this war because yeah. once you get the you killing people and you get a name for yourself mm-hmm. it's like you're always yeah. what you've become well Xavier has like from. a line about how he Wolverine just can't wait for him to die and I think that speaks to what you're saying yeah like he, you know he wants Xavier to die because that's one more part of this that he can ignore and just kind of fall into the background well the whole thing like the whole thing and I want to get Dan's thoughts here on everything here in a moment like the whole thing is about them getting this Sunseeker boat and and going out to sea and he wants to get Xavier far enough away from people to where he's not having like these mental schizophrenic um, mind blasts. I, what are the, what are we calling those? He called them seizures. Seizures. Called, these, yeah, seizures. Okay, yeah, these seizures. He's not having like these and the, the, these amplified seizures. Telekinetic. Seizures. Yeah, telekinetic seizures. And he wants to get him on that boat and basically just live out on this boat until Xavier dies. And I mean, that's no better than the, than him living in this, in this, in this, uh, giant spool, giant, (laughs) giant water, you know, silo or whatever. It's no better. I mean, he's just living on a boat and, and, 
And then after that, Wolverine, he's got that bullet and he's going to take his own life. Right. He's just, you know. Yeah, it's pretty miserable. He's living for Xavier. I felt like in this movie, up until the, the very end, it, it, this movie felt like he does not want to get close to anyone. And, right. and it felt, it's felt like that since the beginning. I agree. You know, agree. it's been very true to the character that anybody he's been around, he feels like he's ruined their life. And so he, he does not want to get close to anybody. Like even the scene we're, we're spoiling when Charles dies and she X 23 comes up to hold his hand. Mm-hmm. It's an awkward moment for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's he actually, got the feels and he pulls his hand away and he walks away mm-hmm. And it's because he doesn't want to get close to her. If you get close to somebody, then you feel like obligated, you know, right. to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he kept feeling drug into like this whole situation. And he just feels like, and he even says that like at the end of the movie, like everybody had been around, you know, even in this movie, yeah. that family that they go have dinner with, yeah. like look yeah. at what happens to them. That's Charles's fault. <laughs> yeah. Charles had to stay there and eat dinner. Yeah. Oh no, we can stay till tomorrow. Oh, and sure. I'm thinking, fuck, Charles, you're going to kill this family. Yep. Yeah. This yeah. family's dead. Dan, Dan, what are your thoughts? We're rambling. Well, just on the whole damn thing. Yeah, I, don't, I know. No, I just I, take, I'm just take fifteen minutes. Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what you're saying about the beginning and that, like, you, you know, you have tears of joy and everything. Yeah. When those guys are like kicking the shit out of him on the floor, like Frank was saying, he didn't want to. He was trying his hardest just to warn them off, and it wasn't until like the guy pulled the shotgun and put it to the back of his neck, and then he did the famous Wolverine like scream and just went fucking ham on everyone. I, I wasn't crying, but I my jaw was wide open. I was covering my face. I did well up a bit, and I was like lo- just laughing because, it, like you said, man, it was just the Wolverine that we wanted to see all these years and like yourself brian like wolverine is my well he, venom's my favorite character wolverine's very close second because he is the character that actually got me into comic books in the first place and we didn't have internet where where i grew up like uh, for years so i had to go to the library after watching the 90s x-men cartoon to actually find out more about wolverine and what his powers are and stuff like that and then i started buying the comics and so to see him actually done justice for the first time uh was just it was a fucking revelation it was so good but like you said why haven't they been doing this before it's so frustrating to see it played out perfectly at the beginning of this movie and like i said earlier like in my opinion up to like the second act of this movie it was just perfect all the way through the only thing in the beginning that i didn't like that much was the consistent use of f-bombs i don't mind language i mean to do it myself all the time but he kept saying fuck for like no reason which was kind of weird and it just kind of it grated on me a little bit but jesus christ seeing him like cut sick and fuck all those guys up for the first time was incredible yeah um well i want to there's tons to like in this movie can i bring Uh, up something i did not like yeah Did you have something, Jake? I have something I didn't like. Too. Please, yeah, I, yeah. Go ahead. I, my biggest complaint with the movie was I thought um, once they introduced the adamantium bullet, and then once they introduced X twenty four, like one plus one equal two. Instantly. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there yeah. on that page. And yeah. I, I thought yeah. that was a little bit. It was like the only part of of the movie that was really like connect the dots. I knew it was going. Yeah, happen. but like the way that they introduced the bullet initially, the fact that yes, it, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, but then it, it was like obvious. It was like you know, you know that that's going to come into play. Oh later. yeah, and yeah. then as soon as they like, because I didn't know X twenty four was going to be him, mm-hmm. and as soon as I, I saw it, it was like oh. People are also saying that this is uh, held over continuity from 
X-Men Wolverine Origins yeah. because Stryker had adamantium bullets, a ton of them in that film. Right. <laughs> so people are saying that it could be one of the holdovers from that movie. Um, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. My biggest problem with – one of my one of my biggest problems with it it's, – it's a minor nitpick I guess – is the videos, the videos that um, Gabriella was taking on her phone mm-hmm. uh, within Transigen, the company. Where was Transigen? What, wh- where was that taking place? Uh, south of the border in Mexico. Was it in Mexico? Was it was located in Mexico yeah. because they said something like America wouldn't allow that kind yeah. of – Okay. My biggest problem with that is like – Basically, she's got free access to just use her camera phone within this facility the entire time. <laughs> the other problem I had with it is recording the escape. We yeah, literally do that. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> we literally watched the the kids running out of transit <clears throat> and you know using their powers to get out of there, and she's recording all of this. And I I understand you know like exposition and wanting to explain things Mm -hmm. she could have done that and just said you know we escaped instead of actually showing us the recorded escape you know and and like we got like she's like recording all these different mutants like doing these things and it doesn't and they're not acting like they are recorded like they're showing like the young boy moving the the bricks out of the wall and the the balls bouncing it's like you know she she a great edit she she did a great editing job with this yeah. video because like we're not seeing like these kids like eat in the cafeteria. No, we're we're seeing them perform their mutant powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also then we we get the escape. I thought that it was a little cheesy. It's a minor gripe. It's a great point. I mean, why not just have the character describe what happened and show us a flashback? I don't think that would have been out of left field. Maybe you can have all the yeah. weird camera angles you want. Maybe like one scene of her like being scared and showing like you know some of the kids like being operated on and it's like really like you can hear like she's got it like in her in her shirt or she's like you know it's you can hear like like you know yeah movement of the camera and stuff like that and it's it's not great audio and video but it's like this is like really these are great shots she's getting no it's a it's a great point i had the same complaint with the civil war stuff i was looking when the when the credits roll i was looking to see if gabriella herself was like a (laughs) like a cinematographer for this film because she was the second gaffer she did great she did great work that's i know it's a minor gripe well now that you bring it up i mean i guess it kind of makes sense she's talking about all the restrictions that they have but they allow them to keep their personal self phones yeah yeah, just like you think that they would have them check their cell phones yeah you know at the door, uh-huh. you know, you can't bring it in. There's a locker, or we lock them up. You'll get them at the end of the day. But right. she ruined it for the next staff. Oh my gosh, she's <laughs> she's she's got she's fucking she's T-mobiling it up. Yeah, no more Candy Crush for the next people hired. Yeah. <laughs> she fucked it for all of them. <laughs> so, uh, what? What? Uh, any other things that you didn't really like? I know we've talked about X24. I've talked about this video footage. I loved X24. I, I have to say, I. I thought it was great. I, I know. Have no complaints. That's, and, yeah. and that's fine. I mean, I, I, I did initially, but upon, like I said, upon my second viewing and revisiting the film again, I enjoyed it much more. I can understand. Yeah, what, did you guys, what, what did you guys think about Caliban? Because I obviously sort of being from overseas and everything, I get to see quite a lot of Stephen Merchant and, um, he still held his like English accent through that. And it was kind of weird because he was stuck out in the middle of the desert and, you know, that's not where the character's from. And it was just, you know, did he, did he kind of like lose any kind of like gravitas for you guys because of his, his accent or just like his general kind of like comedic acting? Or did you guys enjoy it? Because it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. 
No, I, I liked it okay. He seemed out of place to begin with. I mean, on purpose, so it didn't bother me at all. The yeah. name I like Calabell. The, this thing, yeah, I know, man. I liked his, um, you know, I, I quite like the humor, like when, when Wolverine, like, smashes the mug out of his hand, and then it just, like, the camera follows Wolverine, and then you just hear him say in the background, that was my favorite mug. <laughs> I thought that was fucking hilarious. But, yeah. like, when, you know, uh, when the, um, uh, the bad guys sort of like held him under the sun and everything. I just didn't buy like his acting and like his face is like half melting off. And I just thought, you... surely someone else could have done that better. He just kind of took me out of the movie a bit. Oh, see, so I, yeah. I, not that scene, but I love the scene between him and Xander Rice. That's the scene that I loved is like him talking to Xander Rice towards the end of the film where he's talking about how you know, they're, they're saying that you are not, uh, that you, that you're letting them, uh, get one Give step delayed ahead. Delayed, delayed information. And I thought that that exchange was done really well. Um, Stephen Merchant didn't take me out of the movie at all. Yeah, really. me neither. I, me I, neither. I thought, I thought he was actually really well. Uh, I thought it was a it was a better representation of the character than what we saw in Apocalypse, which which wasn't fleshed out at all. I mean, it was just <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just like oh, let's just throw some guy in there. I liked having him in the movie because it did make sense to have a mutant tracker in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he was likable enough that I I was worried about his safety. He was a character I was concerned for. Xander Rice also gave us some exposition about the character, saying that you know there was a time where he was. He he did track mutants before for yeah. them, yeah. and for that team. that's comic book canon. There, you know, I mean, he's he's switched sides back and forth, and the Reavers have actually used him in the comics. Yeah, that is so true. so I, I thought that that was I thought that was good. You just you just didn't like you, you just think seeing this actor that you're very familiar with, um, you just thought it was a little weird for you just seeing him in this role. Yeah, man, he's he's very out of his wheelhouse, yeah. and and with the kind of gritty tone of the movie, it didn't really work for me. But I mean, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. It was uh, just he wasn't right for the role for me. I just didn't think he did a very good job. Um, as far as uh, um, uh, Boyd Holbrook playing Piers, yeah, as soon as he got into the car, did anyone else think fucking Doc Holiday from Tombstone? <laughs> Any, anybody Val Kilmer Tombstone uh, uh, if you would have said I'm your Huckleberry I'd have been like oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah as soon as he started talking with that southern drawl and he yeah. had the, the little kind of goatee with the slightly pointy like like moustache and everything I was like he's fucking Doc Holiday even had like the glasses and everything it was weird what's the like like what's the what's the uh, recruitment for the Reavers like the do you have to just like lose an arm and then uh, <laughs> yeah. and then also be an MMA a fighter yeah. i mean that's basically all of, all of them were like fucking uh you know uh paraplegic uh mma fighters i didn't understand the gain of the metal arm it like, didn't do anything yeah, really like, uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. what did that do or enhance other than just like replace a limb he might have lost yeah well yeah. they all had it like every yeah. all, like every single reaver right it was weird that they had, were all missing something like an arm yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys rate the Reavers as, as bad guys or not? Or did you just see them as like kind of fodder for um, X twenty three and Wolverine to were, tear apart? Yeah, they were battle. They were foot clan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They were all red yeah, shirts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's another thing as well. Like the whole kind of like the villain element. It just. Uh, I know we got X twenty four, which I didn't enjoy, but I didn't think Pierce was that much of a. He didn't seem like much of a threat. Like all the way through, well, got, we just he, saw Wolverine and X twenty three just like tear everyone to pieces. He got pinned by grass later. Yeah, I mean, 
You know, it's like, dude, he got he got he got he got taken out he got taken out by somebody's fucking lawn. Yeah, that's that's yeah, pretty he bad. Fucking did. That's oh pretty my bad. god. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like, I mean, we're sort of like listing stuff we didn't like, but I mean, uh, I wanted when they, when they go to the farm and everything and they're sort of around having like the family meal and stuff. And you see these looks between Logan and Charles and, and, and Laura, and it, it all just seems so nice. And I wanted that to kind of be, I didn't want them all to fucking die. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was one of my favorite parts of the movie, and it um, I kind of it, it slightly cheapened it a bit. They bought this um, this kind of you know like this, I, I, and I totally get what you guys are saying about how Wolverine is like fighting like an embodiment of himself and what he could have been, like you know all the way through the the movies that we've seen. Yeah, and I totally understand that, but I mean didn't mean that um i didn't have to like it but i did understand it and it just it rubbed me the wrong way that like this fucking guy comes in just starts murdering people it was oh i just wanted them to have a really nice time make that connection again and like make the the bond between them all stronger and then they could like maybe get like sideswiped on the road that was something that me and kirby were talking about like after they'd left but um yeah, I don't know. It, that was I thought that hey, was I very. Did, I, I like moment. Dan hates X twenty four because he murdered the family, not because he was a bad character. <laughs> well, hold on, I I mean, it. hold on. I get it, Dan. I get it. Like you know, I. But it's a movie, you know. Oh, I know. Hold on, Frank. Hold on. I know you're raring to go. Okay, <laughs> just fucking hold your horses. All right. You know, we saw Charles Xavier as the horse whisperer settle down those horses in this movie. I want you to settle yours. But like, it's it's a movie though, Dan. It's like you know you. Of course, like, if I'm going out to Olive Garden, I don't want some maniac to come in there and start shooting up the place. But, like, we're watching a movie, you know? You know, when, when we're at Olive Garden, we're family, right? I don't, yeah, want, yeah. I don't want somebody coming in there and cutting people's throats. <laughs> but it, it's a movie, and that's, that's, what, that's what made it so heart-wrenching. And that's, yeah. that's, why, that's why they rated it R, you know? Yeah, I know, dude. Frank, just, all right, Frank. It didn't, didn't do anything for me at all. I, I, didn't, I didn't care. I was like, oh, great, another, like, nameless villain coming in and fucking things up it just i didn't get anything from it and i mean i don't know about you guys but when charles got killed and when you know i know we said spoilers already but when wolverine eventually dies did anyone give a shit because even though he's one of my favorite characters of all time and i love patrick stewart as charles xavier i didn't feel fucking anything when they got killed that's super harsh i completely disagree yeah i'm with jake on that Like, for wow. me, I mean, I'm not trying to trash your, your opinion. Like, with no, the no, whole no, no, thing... No, with... I'm just interested, man. I want to know, like, if you guys, if it hit you, because it, it just, it totally missed the mark, because it was so sudden for Xavier, and it was just like, oh, he's been stabbed by what appeared to be Wolverine. I, get I was like, what the fuck is I sick of fucking like... Hollywood, like, slow motion deaths over <laughs> and over again, though, man. This is like, it, it, this felt more real. And, I, like... I thought it was a great euphemism for, like, Logan's entire life experience. He got close to people. He didn't want to get close to people. And something because of him, in this case, it looked like a physical representation of him, killed everybody. Like, here was a group of people that he was nice to. He went out and helped the guy with his water because he was kind of forced to. And then when the people show up to fuck with the the farmer, he stands up for him. And he's there and he's doing the right thing. And because of him and, you know, who he's brought to the table, everybody died. 
it's just pretty much what's happened to him his whole life. I mean, it, it's something that I think that's part of the reason why he always stays distant from people because even if this bad shit didn't happen, when you live to be almost 200 years old, people are even going to die out of natural causes. And at some point you accept that everybody's going to fucking die that you learn to know mm-hmm. and love. And that's why after all this time, he's got such a fucking barrier up, even with Charles, who he's been with so long. So yeah, I mean, Dan's oh, basically Aaron, saying like, ah, oh, thank God that old guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty <Fuck>. much. <laughs> no, I just, uh, it, it's weird, man. It seemed too easy writing wise to just bring in a nameless, like, killing machine who just fucks everything up for him. I think they could have done a better job with that. But if they were going to do that and have Charles die at that point and, and, you know, kill the family and all yeah, that sort of stuff, I, it. I wish I it would have been someone else that, you know, had some more, like, more meaning to the story. And I, I like I said earlier, I understand the representation of X24. I totally do. But it just seems like, it just seemed a bit lazy to me. That's, but and that's why I didn't like I it. wish he would have been choking on that meatloaf at the table and nobody, <laughs> oh, God. nobody knew the fucking Heimlich maneuver. I don't know. I, I also think, I also feel like what Dad's trying to put on paper, he's calling the X24 thing lazy, but I feel like his solution is way too complicated. Like, it's just like, do we really have time for more exposition to make all that make sense? And I thought hey, he's talking was, about an existing character, like maybe Donald Pierce is up there. Yeah, just you show know? it up. Well, hold on, no, no, hold on. I'm going to throw this. Hey, Shank, Frank, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you've been doing. You're, you're killing me. You're fucking killing me. Um, I hate talking when you got like your mouth is like. Sorry. Brian's not lying. He's like a six-year-old when he's got something to say. <laughs> everybody just th- everybody thinks I'm like an asshole. But like, I, I was coming you, in to help you. Don't you don't see what I see on my end. I'm literally talking with a guy with his mouth open. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. It's almost like like a six-year-old kid waving his hand around saying me, me, me. I was always that kid in school forth. who had his hand up going. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that right now. <laughs> It, it, I understand what Dan's kind of saying because I kind of equivalate it to – is that a word, equivalent? If yes. it's not, I'm using it anyway. Um, I kind of like equivalate it to like when we've seen Arnold Schwarzenegger, young Terminator – to show up to fight old Terminator. Yeah. You know, we saw it in Salvation. Then they were like, you know what? Fuck. Uh, yeah, we saw a young Arnold in Salvation. Now we're like, we'll have old Arnold fight young Arnold in Terminator <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> yeah, how do you like this? I get, you know, and I. But the problem with, for me though, was that I saw that shit in the fucking trailers. I didn't see this. In the trailers. I didn't know we were getting X-24. Yeah, yeah. Like, I walked right into this, and yeah, it kind of, I was like, yeah, what's going on here? This is weird. But after I had a little bit more time to, like, digest it and marinate on this, and it, 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 it got better for me. I, I don't know. Would, I, you, would you have rather had Doc in, in this role? No. Yeah, fuck no. No, because they never set, if they would have set that stuff up in the past movies, yeah, yeah. then yes, but they didn't set that up in, like, um, in, in like, they could have set that up in the Wolverine. Yeah, this is like a no, they no must, no fuss solution right. with the X24. Right. You, yeah. know, you know, everyone gets it. Yeah, and they've been dealing with science and DNA this entire time. So I guess, I mean, it kind of works. I, I get it though, Dan. I mean, it, it, I'm not as like gung ho about it as Jake is. I think it, but you know, I, the more I thought about it, I let him, I let it slide. Frank, go ahead, please, by all means. In some ways, <laughs> I thought, Jesus Christ, in some take ways, the floor for Jesus. the next fucking hour. 
In some ways, I thought that <laughs> it was really power. cool how they did that yeah. with Xavier and X-24 at the end because they didn't get into deep detail. They didn't yeah. explain out what happened and what was it, Westchester? The Westchester. Internet? Yeah. I mean, you get the idea kind of what happened because of the couple of seizures he has. And then right there, right before uh, X-24 stabs him, he says, I finally remember what happened. Yeah. And you yeah. didn't tell me because you knew it would hurt me. Yeah. And you think that they're going to share a moment and then all of a sudden – X-24 stabs him and kills him. X gon' give it to you. It was jarring, but I felt like it was jarring in the right way. Like yeah. it, it was like, whoa, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And like yeah. You, you, you think that they're going to have a moment and then that gets taken away from them too. Something you were talking, so, you were talking about, uh, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. I was going to say, speaking of that exact moment is, is, did the ball drop for you guys then that Charles Xavier killed the X-Men or was it before when we heard the, uh, it was the, the radio broadcast? scene. It was the radio because yeah, it was, uh, yeah. what was it? It was Caliban. Okay. First off, we find out that they've been putting him in this, like this water tower and Caliban is talking about, you know, like the first seizure that we see. And he's like, this one could have killed me. Um, and, they put him in the water tower because they believe it dampens his powers. But Caliban's talking about how it's got cracks in it, and that's how it's been able to get through. And that's how he's been talking to X-23. Mm-hmm. That's how he's been talking to Laura. Um, and then also we we hear something on the radio about uh, Westchester, New York, and that's where the X-Mansion's located. The radio says that the event um, that happens in Oklahoma, at the Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma Casino is similar to the incident that happened in Westchester. It injured 600 people and then killed members of the X-Men. Um, yeah, that's when my head went ding, 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 ding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they didn't mention which members of the X-Men it killed. Did they say seven? I thought they said 19. 19. I could I, be crazy. Okay. I uh, thought it was a number, though. Okay. Like I, that, I, yeah. I really loved this uh, plot point. I thought it was a very interesting swerve. Um, for hardcore comic book fans, uh, spoiler for the comic book, Old Man Logan. Mm-hmm. But in that, it's Wolverine who kills, kills all everybody. the X-Men. Yeah. And I thought yeah. this was a fun play on your expectations to yeah. flip that around and have Xavier be the one. Right. Yeah. Screenwriter Michael Green says uh, earlier versions of the script included flashbacks that would have spelled out the entire incident for all of us. But the, the, uh, the team decided to cut it. Uh, he says uh, it actually hits home a lot harder than the versions that really painted out specifically the flashback. Uh, of course, there are versions we wrote that were never filmed with the actual flashback of what happened. But I found the experience of watching it is far more poignant to just know that it was something really regrettable and it was a bad and most likely friends were lost or maybe it was people we didn't know. I would have um, really loved to have seen Cyclops' head explode. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little bit of a shame. Uh, <laughs> viewers are left to make their own conclusions, uh, but it seems as though Charles had an incident and ended up accidentally killing some of his own X-Men family. Was it Logan? Was it Charles? It probably – anyway, he basically says um, – oh, and then James Mangold says that uh, the decision to cut the flashback is a simple one. He said, I wanted to make a movie less about information and more about character. Well, that Bullshit. way you – know, don't fucking film the entire – You know, don't have Gabriella filming everything going on in that goddamn <laughs> hospital then. I've got a simpler explanation. It's that we've already spent $120 million and we're not spending another $20 million for the, what sounds to be the most expensive se- sequence in this fucking well, movie. Well, I mean they – 
It sounds like they did film parts of it, though. Oh, really? So they filmed it? They, I thought I thought they said some of it exists in the screenplay. Uh, but, they never filmed. But they never filmed wrote it. Wrote and never filmed. Oh, I must I, I I read that. I read it, but you I read, read it wrong. right. Because that's where right. I'm getting my info but I, from. But I processed it wrong. Um, yeah, so they never filmed it. But um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that would have been a very expensive sequence. I'm sure that had a little bit to do with why it got cut. I'm what glad a, they didn't. It meant a lot more that we didn't see it and just heard about it. Agreed. Less is more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there weren't many, like, CG effects. I th- I kept wanting to – did you guys get the feeling when we saw the Oklahoma City when they were doing, like, the seizure in Oklahoma City, that casino? Did you get the, did you get the feeling like this was their version of the Quicksilver scene from Days of Future Past? Huh. I never thought about it, but I see where you're coming from. I didn't make the connection, but I know what you're getting at. Yeah, I mean, like, everybody had frozen. Yeah. And it's only Wolverine, and he's moving around. I love that the opera, the elevator still was working. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I guess I ra- I would rather see that than see him fucking like, you know. Take the stairs. Take the stairs. <laughs> Jesus. That would have been unintentionally oh my God. funny. That would have been yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, Ten minutes seeing him struggling to get up the steps. Like the Ghostbuster scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out of breath at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. So I, I, I kept thinking to myself, this is like their version of the Quicksilver scene without music. So. Yeah. yeah. Let's, for, let's talk about that budget, right? A third Part of it had to go to just Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman because I was really shocked when you said that it was a hundred and twenty million dollar budget. Yeah, it's it definitely budget. doesn't look. It doesn't look like a hundred and twenty million dollar film mm-hmm. that I'm used to, at least. I mean, you know, and they they a lot of a lot of stunts, um, you know, pyrotechnics yeah. and uh, you know vehicles and stuff like that. What about the car chase scene, guys? That was amazing. Oh yeah, that it was, was cool. really cool. When, I mean, when they're leaving. When they're leaving that uh, smelting mill, mm-hmm. and uh, I loved it when he tries to so realistic because he tries to like knock down that fence, uh-huh. can't get <laughs> it through. won't go through. Oh, that was hilarious! <laughs> but then like the fence gets all wrapped up in the grill of the car, so he's gr- driving in reverse. You got guys in motorcycles, you know, crashing into Getting it, and caught up in it. There's a guy flinging like, them all around, climbs on it intentionally to yeah. try to use it as leverage to yeah. shoot him. And then yeah. he fucking whips that shit around, and nails the guy on a wall. I also <laughs> loved like uh, we talked about the beginning scene where he's like, you know. Uh, they're, they're fucking up the car and shit. Mm-hmm. I loved it when he was like, when it was comical, like he, <laughs> they're shooting at the car and he's like, no, not the car. He's jumping in front of the bullets. Right. <laughs> he's trying to get shot so that the car doesn't get fucked up. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I loved when he pulled the car up afterwards to the fucking bellhop. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That yeah. really cracked me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, this was this was good shit all around for me. Uh, yeah, can I, can I bring it back to something that you guys said on, I think it was last week's episode, you said the line about why we were never going to get Wolverine in a suit as far as James Mangold was concerned? Yeah. Yes. You remember that quote that you guys said? After listening to the episode and then watching the movie, it pissed me the fuck off that he actually got Wolverine to say that same thing. Yeah. You know, like when he's got the comic book and he's like sort of flipping through it and saying, this is all bullshit. It's all make believe. And, you know, that people don't go around in leotards like saving the world. And it's it's like, don't take your fucking like how you think the character is, because I'm pretty sure most of us don't think that Wolverine is that kind of character. And he got him to say his words in his film. Mm-hmm. And that really fucking pissed me off, man. Well, I mean, Singer had him say it in the first yeah. movie. I mean, he said, well, you know, at least we're not wearing spandex or some joke like that. You yeah, know? yeah, that's yeah. when they put on the, the black suits and everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. but right. th- that was kind of him, like, you know, saying that 
probably for, I'm assuming just for that first movie, but we like, you know, we're like 17 years in the future now. When like you said, you know, we have heroes in full costume. So for not getting Wolverine in the suit, just one fucking time, just like in a flashback or something. And James Mangold, not giving that to us for what he thinks the character is like that mm-hmm. did piss me off. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like it, it definitely, he should not have been in the suit in this particular film. Okay, right. yeah. but I'm saying, yeah, like I said last week, you know, two, three movies ago, we could have gotten it. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, that would have been great. It would have been a great way for them to end X-Men Origins Wolverine, mm-hmm. him wearing the suit. And then in the Wolverine movie, when we're going into, like, you know, this uh, samurai mentality in Japan, then he rocks the suit there. Fucking A, man. Yeah, or, or even I, I like it vice versa too. Like I feel like in, in my perfect world, it should be the solo movies where he's not in the suit, but he should have had the suit in all X Men movies. Like that's that's the way it is to me. Yeah, sure. Like as as comic book nerd Jake, like you know, I put on my X Men uniform when I'm with the X Men, mm-hmm. but when I'm Wolverine, I'm badass cigar smoking motorcycle riding. It all guy. goes back to this. Uh, we've got star power with Hugh Jackman. Why put him in a mask? Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, which which you know what I mean. That's why I love. Uh, that's why I love Carl Urban as Dread. He wore that mask the entire time. That helmet the entire time. Oh yeah, good oh, for yeah. him. Good for him, and it worked. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. I I got more I want to talk about. More. Yeah, we're back. And you know what uh, What I want to talk about now? There's quite a few things that I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is we haven't really delved into uh, Daphne Keene's portrayal of X-23, Laura oh, Kenny. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about her. Um, you know, Dan, I'm going to start with you. You gave it a high taste, but what did you think about uh, the portrayal of X-23 in uh, Logan? Uh, she was um, fucking amazing. <laughs> She was absolutely fantastic. Even like, you know, when we get the reveal, she can actually speak and speak English. Um, she was awesome, man. She was like <laughs> the embodiment of, uh, of, of what I would expect a clone of Wolverine to be like. She had the fucking snarl. She had the, the crazy, you know, like feral <laughs> look in her eyes and the eyebrows when she was going ham on people. Oh, she was yeah. absolutely brilliant. I she just would- can't. I can't fault her. She was fantastic. When she was running around the smelting mill, at like, oh, oh it reminded, God, reminded so me of like, of like an alien movie. Yeah, yeah. you know, that's like, exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there was no Ripley there to stop her, though. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. And it was great, man. It was so good. When she was sitting was, there eating cereal, and they were coming up on her with their guns drawn, and yeah. she's just kind of eyeing them, like, yeah. you think like 
they're hunting her and you can see her watching and she's all calm and shit. She was, she was hunting them. She knew they were there. She knew what she was going to do. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved any time her and Wolverine were fighting together, man. It was like a daddy daughter day, you know, a little bit of daddy daughter bonding. <laughs> oh love, yeah. It was great. Oh, uh, you know, they, we got it here and then we got it later on in the, in the movie when he realizes, you know, like when they're out in the forest and stuff and shit like that. But, uh, man, Jake, what did you think? Yeah, about I loved it? it too. I, I thought she was fantastic. I, I, the humor was great too. I loved the scene yeah. in the car when she reveals she can talk and then within seconds Wolverine is telling her to shut the fuck up yeah. <laughs> when she hasn't been speaking this entire movie yeah, yeah. I, 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 that was probably the biggest laugh in the whole movie for me that was great but I, I think Dan nailed it perfectly like she's like you really bought into it like 15 minutes in you, you bought into it you just bought into the fantasy yeah. that this was the female clone of Wolverine as a child I loved the I, the scenes that I loved is when the, they're at the casino and she stops for a moment and she looks at the the father the the mannequins. Mm-hmm. It's the dad holding yeah. the daughter's hand, mm-hmm. and uh, she's kind of looking at it, you know. And for a moment there, you're thinking to yourself, she wants she wants a dad, you know. But then you're also thinking she just wants to be a little girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just wants to be a little girl. She she's she wants to be. I mean, you see that also when she's in the little uh, shopping mart. The Little convenience mart. She picks up the glasses. This is she's still just a little girl, and she's never had the opportunity to just be a little girl. I mean, they trained her as an assassin, as a killer. They trained all of them, and when yeah. when the kids didn't work out as killers, we saw some of these kids committing suicide. And, uh, and she's so she's so similar to Wolverine in a lot of ways, as far as like him dealing with the killing. Oh, she's yeah. done it too. She's oh, a yeah. killer too. I mean, just the. Um She's so much like Wolverine. You're right. Just the fact that she also cares about people, just like Logan. When you know she has that picture and she cares yes. about her inmates and everything. Could they have written the coordinates on anything else? <laughs> yeah. It's in a fucking comic book. It's on that fucking cash, that stack of money, and then it's also on the back of the picture. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd spray painted on the wall. <laughs> I'd love to see like her open up a Where's Waldo book, and it's just him <laughs> fucking standing there. I mean, could you make it any more obvious? Yeah, but you bring up a great point too, too, Brian. I one of my favorites, another favorite scene in the movie, and it was a very serious scene. Yeah. Was when just her and Logan were talking, and she's explaining to Logan that she kills bad people, and Logan kind of tells her, "Well, you're going to have to learn to deal with that too." Yeah, like that's also something you're going to have yeah. to come to grips with. That just because a- they're bad people doesn't mean it's not going to fuck you up yeah. later on. That was a great and scene. I was just, yeah, well, wow. Yeah. I was like, wow, this movie is yeah. crazy good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Did you guys right. like the reveal that she actually had the fucking foot claw as well? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Got, that, was, that got spoiled for me already. Yeah, it got spoiled for you? I knew she had the foot claw uh, already. Oh. So I, yeah. it was it was a waiting game for the foot claw yeah. rather than That's, like, oh, she has it too. That sucks because like I, I did not know. I didn't know either. And uh, when it happened and, and then she's using it to her advantage and doing the flip kicks and all that shit and oh, slicing man. necks and stuff. I was just like, yeah. this is fantastic. I thought it was hilarious when Charles was explaining it to him what it was for. Yeah, why the female He's getting all it. technical about it. Yeah, yeah. Like the pride of lions uh-huh. and how it works in the, in the, in the pack. Yeah. I loved the bond that she and Charles had. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic and, and played so well. Yes. Like yes. they, you know, they were on a whole different level than her and Logan for, right. for a while. And, oh, when they're watching Shane. Yeah. And then it, it, and then, and then James Gant, Mangold, plays it in beautifully we're going to talk about the funeral scene but one of the things i want to talk about in the funeral scene is she's quoting the movie yeah Mm -hmm. and 
the kids looked at her like she was nuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> but for everybody else watching and understanding like the journey that this character's been on, uh, it, 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 for me, it, you know, it was one of those misty eyed moments. Oh you know? yeah. I swelled up at that at yeah. the end for sure. Yeah. 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 So we're all in agreement. We love this girl. Now is, the question I have to you is we all loved her, and I think audiences are falling in love with this character. Are we going to see this character again? Are we going to see Daphne Keene play X-23 in a future movie? Or do you think that this character kind of lives and dies within this film? If if I'm James Mangold, that's where I want it to end. Yeah. If I'm Fox Studios, uh, you know, if I'm Laura Shuler Donner and the people over there at Fox, Simon Kinberg, I might have a different idea about where the character goes. And it kind of reminds me of like Grant Morrison when he created Damien, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like I always loved seeing what he did with the character. And then when you get other, you know, authors, writers of that book, get a c- control of that character, it's not always as good, you know, yeah, same you thing with Brian K. Vaughn with the runaways, you know, yeah. I've never, th- there's never been any better runaways than what Brian K. Vaughn has written. And that's what I'm worried about. Like, yeah, we, mu- we want this character, right? You know, I, I, I can agree. Like I can agree. I love this character, Yeah. Mm-hmm. but do I want to see future adventures with this girl as this character and let the studio take over? The rough bit with that is then you get into the timeline shit again because this took place in 2029. How are you going to tie anything that happens with her in the future to whatever you're trying to tell now? Yeah. And that's usually when these studios get muddled efforts when they try to tie it all together. If they do go to tell that story, make it its own standalone thing, and then it could be okay. Don't try to tie it in, but it's not very likely that they're going to Are we going to wait five, six, seven years, come back, and then we're going to have her tale? Yeah, that's what I was wondering if the studio would most likely jump ahead with a new actress and possibly show like the teenage X23. Yeah, I'm hoping if we wait five, six years down the road. I'm hoping for this actress again too, but something in me tells me that if we return to this character, it might not be the same actress. Yeah, you never know. It's like some of these young actors, uh, they never quite do anything. I mean, look at Edward Furlong, you know, in Terminator 2. They didn't ask him to come back for uh, the Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. No. Um, You know, we got a different actor in there. It's like, I don't want that route, you know? Right. I don't want them to go that route because then it takes away anything. And then I also don't want the world to feel different than the world that James Mangold set up. But if you do a time jump, of course things are going to be different. Now, one of the things that they kind of introduced into this that he didn't slap you in the face with is that the food has been tampered with. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we, we saw like the, when Logan's in the, in the bar drinking, I first saw, it, it stands out pretty prominently, a commercial for this corn company. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they were called. And then later on, we saw that same corn company, um, in the film with those big grain machines. Mm-hmm. And they allude to the fact that the corn syrup has been genetically modified. And Will Munson, you know, the farmer was talking about this big company and things like that. So basically something that they're putting in the corn syrup, in the food that the mutants have been eating has been suppressing and wiping out the mutant gene. Hmm. So is that is that what they're setting up? Because like if we're talking about like where they're going and if they do continue this story, is that where they're going to take it? Are they going to take it to where – X-23 is the only holdover from this. Her and the New Mutants are now going to try to wipe out this company that has been doing this. That way they can bring about a New Mutant liberation and have more mutants enter the world. Because this has been like wiping out the X this, this X-Men gene. Yeah. Like they don't slap you in the face with this. Yeah, yeah. This is very subtle. Yeah. So. 
Even the head of uh, the company mentions yeah. it that they improved the things that they ate and got yes. rid of that. Yes, and yeah. That's how they were able to breed it out. Yeah, they yeah. took complete control of the mutant gene, basically, right? By getting rid of it and then just sciencing it the rest right. of the way. Right. But do you think that that's where they could? Do you think that that's what they were intending to set up here, or do you think that like this story lives and dies here? I feel like Mangold probably wants it to live and die here, but you know, money talks, and if right. it makes a shit ton of money, and they, yeah, that's where they would go. I think is you have X twenty three try to take down yeah the people that created all this shit, bring the mutants back, stop mm-hmm. the corn, stop the evil corn. X twenty three and her gang of mutant friends versus the evil corn. Yeah, we're gonna get. So that. where do you where do you think the guy the where do you think the kids are going when they're crossing the border? What do you guys think about that? Ta- we didn't really get ta- any kind of – to Taco Bell, man. <laughs> She's yeah. – hold on, hold on. I'm going to tie – no, I'm going to tie this into the movie because at the beginning of the movie, Charles Xavier is actually talking about the new Chalupa. Yes. I caught that. And she's been listening to that shit probably in her head <laughs> and they are going to they're, – they're crossing the border to go to Taco Bell. They're going to get themselves a naked chicken Chalupa. Yeah, that's what Eden is, is a Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny fact: There are no Taco Bells in Mexico. Taco Mexico's keeping it real. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So, do you, do you guys think they're possibly going to maybe Alpha Flight or something like that? You know, I think I think it's like a, like a fun Easter egg maybe that they set up. But like, do you think? I don't know if they're really going to go that route. You know? Yeah, I feel like Alpha Flight more exists in the timeline where there's lots more mutants going yeah, around. There's yeah. so many mutants that Canada has their own mutant. Honestly, mutants. hey, hey, Dan, if like if the if this X Men universe was set up by Kevin Feige, I would give you 100 percent yes. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yes, <laughs> I'm glad that they didn't try to spell it out about where they were going. It left it nice and open. Yeah. But, I mean, it it didn't intentionally try to leave trails for what's coming next. Who were they talking to? They were talking to a woman over the radio. Yeah. Who was that? No idea. Hmm. That's a good question. You know, I've I've, I've been thinking about, like, the second time I watched it, I was, like, I was listening to her. And, like, she's kind of breaking up here and there. And I was thinking, like, it was a safe haven, like – who was this woman, though? Mm-hmm. Who was this woman? So it's I don't Maria know. McTaggart. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, she's like she's like ninety two. Yeah, still, still keeping it real too. Yeah, <laughs> Xander Rice is a comic book character, by the way. Oh, is he? Yeah, I looked it up on our last break. Okay, so but Dale Rice is not. They just threw that in there. That's Xander Rice's father that Wolverine okay. killed. Yeah, okay. I did not look that up, but okay. Xander Rice is a comic character. I looked up Dale Rice, and okay. he's nowhere to be found. Um, let's talk about the any, any other characters that you guys want to talk about. I mean, we've talked a little bit about Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart in X twenty three. Is there really anybody else? I mean, we uh, you know Dan kind of poo pooed the villains a little bit, and you know we we yeah. fucking talked X twenty four. To, to you know, <laughs> in the ground. I think we covered the majority <laughs> yeah. of the principal characters. Yeah, the, there was one character. I mean, that I liked just on principle. That was the doctor that was patching up Wolverine at the clinic. Yeah, and he was like genuinely interested in trying to help him. He's like, "There's so few of you guys left." Yeah, yeah. Is, is this guy going to show up in the tuppies? <laughs> he was Best supporting. Actor. He was just fine. Yeah. Oh god, he was such a good guy that I was I was shocked that he didn't die. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I really well, was. He yeah. flat out told yeah. the guys, like, do yourself, save your, you want to save somebody, save yourself, forget you saw me. So in that scene, is this a scene like, okay, they show Wolverine and they show his, his chest and his stomach and oh, it's that was all awesome. torn open. Yeah, shit, tore though, open. I mean, you can see the claw marks. This is after the uh, battle with X24. It's not healing. This is kind of like, is this where they were talking about he knows what's killing him? It's the adamantium poison. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's being yeah. poisoned. Poisoned by the adamantium. So basically, the adamantium is working for him because, like, it's it helps his skeletal structure. His bone claws are now razor sharp blades. But on the flip side, it's poisoning him. But he's got the mutant healing factor. Yeah, which is also repairing him at the same time. Right. And like we saw in the last movie, the Wolverine, the last solo film, uh, that you know, like Viper put that uh, parasite on his heart and had to take he had to take that out because that that was affecting him and all that shit. But like now, now in his age, like the adamantium is starting to take over, and um, I, I just thought that that was a, a real interesting way to set up his death. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. I agree. And it adds a level of vulnerability to a character who, thus far, we've seen to be you know unkillable, unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was wondering if that was going to be the end game too. It, it was such a plausible, right. like great explanation. I was like, oh, is he just going to die from his own fucking? Weapon X fucking implants yeah. by the end of this thing. Well, that I think that was the plan. Like him and Charles get on this boat, yeah, and then you know Charles dies, and then maybe he takes his own life with the bullet, or like the adamantium just wins and he just dies. You know, yeah. So. And he probably would just bullet it because I gotta yeah. imagine that's that would be pretty painful to do it the slow adamantium yeah. poison yeah. anyway. All right, guys, I'm gonna ask you this question: X twenty three, is she gonna suffer the same fate then with adamantium poisoning? Uh, yes, they did not fix yes. that. Yeah. Dan, that makes sense. Dan's saying yes, too. There's no reason for them to fix that. By the time they're old enough that they're dying for adamantium poison, they have X49. What about this What about this injection? Dan, I want to ask you this. That injection that they would give X24, also the same injection that they gave Wolverine, yes. that green liquid, I wasn't a big fan of that. What did you think? <laughs> No, um, yeah, it was just, it was another, you know, kind of, uh, it was slightly shoehorned in, but it was cool to see Wolverine go absolutely fucking mental yeah, one yeah, last time yeah, yeah. and go, go crazy. But, um, yeah, no, I, it didn't last long enough either. Did yeah. you, did you feel that? I don't know. It, it, that, yeah, it didn't last that long. And then, and also it just kind of reminded me of like, uh, let's give him like Popeye spinach. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just ready for him to like inject it and you hear, da, 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 you know, and I'm going to go kill some Reavers. You know, it's like, I was like, come on. <laughs> This is, this is, come on. I don't know. I wasn't like a big fan of it. He's on fire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh. Because really it didn't, it didn't serve that much of a purpose. I mean, yeah, he went apeshit one last time, but I mean, what did that sequence last? Like maybe four minutes? Yeah. So it really didn't matter. I mean, he was still taking damage and it ended up to the point where he couldn't take anymore. He was going to kick the bucket. Yeah. I like it because it was another, it was another time where Wolverine right. just ignores the rules. Like right. he's, he's told not to use, you know, use all it of in it. small yeah. doses. Yeah. And yeah. It's just yep. all but a fucking drop in one go. Fuck yeah. <laughs> what about, what about, what about X23 sneaking around? And no, none of the Reavers saw her. Like oh. to, at the end? Yeah. She's yeah. like right out in the open, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, being small helps, I guess. <laughs> I, they, their eyes are just fixated on Wolverine at that moment. I guess tipping around yeah. on her toe blades, making no noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I've said like you know, I've I've kind of brought up the points that I didn't like about this movie, but you know, like the reason I gave it a high Tupperware is because oh, God, high, I keep Tupperware, high Tupperware, I, I high taste now. it. <laughs> 
is because, you know, like, the rest of it is, it's so damn good. And one of the bits I fucking loved is where, um, Dr. Rice is monologuing. And what does Wolverine do? Oh. He fucking just pulls out a gun and just shoots him in the throat halfway <laughs> in fucking yeah. talking. Right. I so loved good. that scene too. He was like doing the, the fucking, like you said, James Bond monologuing. Yeah. yeah and it was man. like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so funny. I fucking love that because I mean, you know, I know I said about like the James Mangold putting his words into Wolverine's mouth bit, but that was just fucking Wolverine all over. You know, he was like at the end of his rope, and he had already given the cue to the kids, like saying, you know, wait for me. You'll know when you, you know you have to do your thing, and he just fucking shoots him straight in the neck. It was beautiful. <laughs> well, let's talk about the funeral. And um, let's talk about the funeral. So, yeah, Logan Logan does die. And um, I want each of you to, like, kind of talk about, like, what you felt when you saw it. And, you know, uh, I mean, guys, we spent 17 years with this character, with, yeah. with mm-hmm. this actor portraying this character. How did it feel? And then my question to you is, uh, after, you, after we get done with that, are they done? Is he, is he truly done? Is is Hugh Jackman truly done? I mean, he, the guy has talked about, you know, you know, physically it's it's getting hard to do, and, and he's also been getting skin cancer treatment, and says, you know, that's also a factor here. He used Jerry Seinfeld as an example that Seinfeld wanted to go out on top, and he wants to do the same thing. He he didn't want people to get to that point where they're like, oh, this guy again. Mm-hmm. He said that he. I, when you see another Wolverine movie where we're, we're just like, oh, here he, he's back again. Jeez, this guy. He wanted to leave while people weren't thinking that. So, is he done? Is he done? What did you think about the funeral? And is he done, Frank? I think he's done. Um, it it really, really was very respectful and bookended the character very well for me. Especially right there at the end when he's talking to her, he passes on what mm-hmm. knowledge he has. And it was touching for her, too, because this is as much her journey as it was his, because she starts off the film stoic and shit, and then she doesn't let herself go until he's laying there dying. Yeah. And he tries to tell her, don't be what they made you, and he's like, oh, this is what it feels like. He finally made that connection yeah. with somebody. Oh, God. And then he was gone. God. When he said, this is what it feels like, and then when she says, daddy, yeah, and we yeah. see the life leave his eyes, mm-hmm. I that just, oh, my God, just it ripped my heart out. It, it yeah. was so good. It was so, so well done. So well acted. I just – I wouldn't even want to see if they tried to go somewhere with it from this because it is so well done. Mm-hmm. It was just a really great end for him. Uh, a little less so for uh, Charles Xavier, but, I mean, he's not coming back either. I always think, though, like, you know, if they ever did come back and do like another – like an X-23 movie and if they did cast this girl – I'll have feelings for her, though. If, if it's written well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll have feelings for her. It's kind of like passing the torch and yeah. then watching like like a piece of something I loved come back and and follow up. I mean, you, you we watched um, you know uh, uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and we got to see like all these new characters that we've come to grow and love interact with Han and and things like that. That was cool. But also like as well, like we're, we're seeing like. In the Rocky movies, we're seeing Apollo Creed's son hang out with Rocky, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm getting ready for, you know, one of these days they're going to have 
Rocky die on screen. It's going to happen. We're oh, going yeah. to get that movie. Mm-hmm. And then the story might go on. Like if these movies continue to be profitable and people still love them, Michael B. Jordan might continue to be, you know, this Creed character. And, 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 and we're going to get to see his story <coughs> with, without Rocky. And, um, you know, just like we kind of, I don't know, like part of me wants to see that story now. <laughs> now, that I, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, you know? Part of me wants to see if they keep the same actor and if maybe James Mangold says, I'm going to come back and direct her, you know, I don't think that the stars will align. We'll ever see that. But it is kind of nice to have that desire, though, yeah. without having them lay it out for yeah. you on a silver platter, knowing yeah. that you're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the funeral was very well handed. Um, like as far as emotional reaction for me. Yeah. It was very strange. Like I, I was definitely affected by it and, and it, it like really hit me really hard. Yeah. But it was like. I'm such a jaded moviegoer that it wasn't until the screen faded to black that the emotion really hit me. Mm-hmm. Like I, it really made like my whole like head like flush. Oh, and I, I actually did like. I don't think you're wrong. I think it was intended. Yeah. When it went to black and then we saw the Logan title card. Yeah. I think that was it. I mean. It's the finality hits you right then. Yeah, just talking about it yeah. is even like woof. It, like you know, not that I was like stone during the other stuff but yeah. yeah just that fade to black and everything yeah. it wasn't none of this fucking like we didn't see rocks floating up in the air and then we cut <laughs> right. to the fucking black card you right, know? It, right. it was like he's dead it yeah. also kind of spoke to it that I mean I went ahead and sat through the credits because I didn't know if there was going to be a credit scene or at all mm-hmm. and there was not oh, yeah. and that yeah. was excellent mm-hmm. I thought it was a really good way to just say it's over It's it's yeah. this is the story and that's it Dan what did you think man what was going through you uh, I am clearly some sort of a black stone-hearted bastard because I got nothing from Wolverine's what? death. Why didn't I start with you? <laughs> I know. I was going to suggest Christ. that you did, but I know. I know. I know I'm, I'm awful. Um, but it, <laughs> I, li- I really like, like – I'm just echoing what you guys said already. I like the lines that he said. I like the um, – you know, so this is what, is what it feels like and don't become what they made you. And uh, so I, I liked that, but – I, I just didn't get anything. The only time I ever like really felt anything was when she turned the cross on the side and changed it into an X and then the camera sort of like zoomed in. That's when I felt like sad. But when he was actually dying, I, I didn't care. Wow. It's wow. so bad. I know. And this is like, like – no. like I'm, I'm, just, fav- I'm just thankful you weren't there to get the fucking eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he's, he's dead. dead. Oh, well. <laughs> Let's carry on. I thought we signed no, Dan I, on because he was the biggest fanboy of this stuff. Yeah. Not because he was the biggest shitter of wow. this stuff. <laughs> I know. It's, it, I, I, that's the thing, man. It's like that's why I asked to be on the episode when we first saw the trailer, like the very first one, the Johnny Cash one. I was like, I would love to do this episode. And yeah, like I said, man, the, the Professor X death didn't do anything for me at all. And neither did Wolverines. I was, I don't know. I didn't. And when she said daddy to him, I actually didn't like that. I was like, I, I thought that was cheap. I just didn't like it. Right. Sorry. Dan, is there, do you think realistically there's a movie that exists that you could have Tupper word? Do you think your expectations uh, <laughs> are too high? Did you say no? You mean like a Wolverine movie or just movies in general? <laughs> uh, the Wolverine movie. Yeah, of course. Yeah, most definitely, man. It's just, uh, like I said, like, there's a bit of, like, wrong casting, but it's only for me, like, I was just talking to Frank whilst you guys were on break. The army fucking loves this film. There's about three people which have given it a high taste, it, like me. Everyone else is Tupperware across the board, and I totally respect that, and I totally see 
why everyone loves this so much and it it just didn't those bits which i thought i was gonna like really like feel maybe it's because i expected it you know like knowing the old man logan story and, and things like that and you know we've been calling it since this movie got announced that professor x is gonna die and that logan is gonna die we've been saying that for months oh, for sure i've been so, championing that yeah Exactly, man. So when it happened, it just it didn't hit me at all because uh, that's probably what it is. It's because I was expecting it to happen, like, and it wasn't like I was, you know, fifty fifty whether or not he was going to die. I was hundred percent certain that they were both going to get killed in this. So I mean, I knew maybe, Han was going to die, and I, it, 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 that that crushed me too. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Like I said, maybe it's just because I'm the sack of shit. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I really don't. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, I'll when she turned the, the cross on the side, when she turned the cross on the side, I, I was like, oh, okay, right. That's, and it just a slow, like, you know, like zoom in. And then like Frank was saying, the fate, the fate to black with the Logan card. And it was, that was proper. Like it was final for me. I was like, he is not coming back. That is the way they did that. It, and no end credit scene or anything like that and just had x23 just walking off into the distance it was i would say it's a better end for the character than they did in the comic i really i really do but it i don't know why it didn't it didn't hit me but that's just i'm just weird obviously something wrong with me yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh let's see here so uh never coming back by the way hugh jackman hugh jackman's done yeah, definitely. Never. Right, right. So anyway, uh, they were uh, – Patrick Stewart was asked if he would come back to the role of Professor X again during a Facebook Live Q&A, and here's what he said. I would have said yes, but the discussion just now about Deadpool makes me think, well, maybe there is a proper justification for the revival of Charles Xavier. Um, people are reading into this and saying, oh, you know, he's going to come back and he's going to play, uh, you know, Professor X. Guys, he just mentioned the discussion about Deadpool. If he comes back, he's going to be young Charles, and it's going to be made as a joke. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a guy that does American Dad, mm-hmm. you know. So if he comes back as Charles Xavier, it's to break the fourth wall or something or do some funny, silly X-Men thing where, you know, uh, Deadpool's making fun of a guy in a wheelchair. And, oh, yeah. You know. You He'd know. be so game for that. Exactly. He's such a great sport. That's all it is. Stuff. It's not about, like, him being in an X-Men proper film, I don't think. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. There's definitely a more chance of – You've seen Patrick Stewart in an X Men movie again than Hugh Jackman, in my opinion. I don't think he's coming back. I think this. I, I think that he is done with a proper X Men film. But yeah, if you're if we're gonna split oh, hairs, I agree, but yeah, if but we're gonna split hairs, which I don't I don't see any reason to. It's <laughs> just, fun. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess yeah, Patrick Stewart would come back before him. But I, I just don't. I I would place all my money that we're that he's done with x-men proper films and that we're just going to get mcavoy or, or a new casting later on down the road so yep all right let's move on into some logan emails and then we're going to wrap up this show uh first logan email comes from listener dan Matram. uh he put bro logan was so good <laughs> <laughs> brah. All right, brah. Uh, it reminded me of what you guys were saying about having these larger-than-life superheroes and simple character-driven stories. Whether it's Logan trying to get X-23 to North Dakota or Deadpool just trying to get his girlfriend back, it works. 
my absolute favorite part of Civil War was not the flashy airport scene, but the third act where we don't get a confrontation with the five super soldiers, but rather a heartbreaking reveal for Tony Stark. And it works so much better than some fucking giant samurai, some fucking giant flying object or beam of light in the sky ever could. When Laura turned – I agree 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great statement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't need end-of-the-world scenarios in every superhero film. Uh, when Laura turns the cross to an X, I lost my shit. This is the end of an era, and I really think that it's befitting of the franchise because without a doubt, they should be burying the singer-verse along with <laughs> Logan and Hugh Jackman, the first legitimate star of this golden era of comic book movies. That's from uh, Dan Mottram. Great email. Yeah, that was a great email. Uh, Hard to play devil's advocate with any of that. Yeah, he's the only Dan that didn't <laughs> lose his shit <laughs> when somebody got – when Logan got buried. So uh, let's see here. Matt Kirby. Uh, hey, Dan, Brian, Jake, and Frank. He gives fucking Dan top billing here. <laughs> <laughs> top bill. Man, that, that, that – I'll be honest with you. That, that pissed me off a little bit. <laughs> How did he even know? Did we advertise Dan was going to be on this episode? Dan, did you tell Matt that you were going to be on this bad boy? Yeah, of course, because I saw it with him. Yeah, okay, yeah, All so right. here we go. We'll let yeah. it slide, I hey, guess. Hey, Dan, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> he told me he was going to do that, and I was like, you know you're going to piss Brian off with that, don't you? And he was like, that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Might as well just put, hey, Dan and crew. <laughs> Dan and crew. <laughs> Uh, I hope you all are well. And Jake has had some good news about his car. My initial thought on Logan uh, was that it was a Tupperware. Having now had a bit of time to think about it, I now realize that I was suffering from shiny new toy syndrome. I would still give the first half a Tupperware. Great action, amazing performances all around, and a great storyline. Right up until just before the professor is killed when someone decided to consult the Wolverine movie by by a numbers book. Uh, the rest of the film is a taste it. And the subtle metaphor of Logan's nemesis being himself was fucking dumb. Uh, overall, I give it a high taste it. Uh, keep the ear violations coming. That's from Matt. Hey, Dan, it sounds like uh, you got in his ear a little bit. Damn straight. Yeah. Smells like he was licking the Dan taint. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It definitely. It definitely reeks of that. Like this guy comes out of. No, it's it's kind of fucked up. Guy comes out of the movie. Oh my god, this is a Tupperware. And then we got fucking Debbie Downer Dan. <laughs> Let me rub my taint all over your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. All right, let's start off with X X twenty four, and then let's talk about that weak death of Professor X, and then let me move it on to the weak death of Logan. What do you think now, uh, Matt Kirby? Uh, high tasted, <laughs> fucking Dan West and the high tasted crew. That's what he should. Hey, hey, Dan and the high tasted crew. <laughs> the high tasted crew. Jesus. Oh man, I had such a good time watching it with Kirby. I really did. It, was it sounds awesome, like man. he would have had a better time had you not been there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, or maybe just not have had an after movie. <laughs> Can't you just let somebody wallow around in their ignorance and have fun? You know what I mean. <laughs> Obviously not. Just let him have his fucking, you know, shit grin on his face and enjoy the movie, Dan. <laughs> Gotta ruin his fucking experience. 
<laughs> hey, hey, let's let's talk let's talk about this on the car ride home. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't manipulate us as easily as yeah. you can uh, Kirby, though. So. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I do want to just very quickly say, obviously, new listeners don't have any idea what I'm talking about, but I totally missed out Kirby for thanking him for the TV because he was the guy that sent me the message with everyone's names on it, mm. and I totally left him out. And he was the guy that bought the TV brought it to my house lugged it up my stairs so thank you so much matt you're an absolute fucking legend man you know if there's one thing that you that you've done with matt is you've been totally totally consistent you know you fucked up his movie going <laughs> experience you, you 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 leave him out of the tv gift giving gratitude you know it's just, i'm a terrible friend jesus <laughs> i'm glad there's finally closure to uh the kirby tv saga oh, man. Uh, <laughs> hey guys uh, another thing if you're ever diagnosed with a terminal illness don't tell dan you want to catch him off guard so he can actually feel something for you <laughs> You'll be fucking lucky. <laughs> Take your medical diagnosis and turn it into an X and maybe he'll actually give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Fade to black. Yeah. Uh, next email comes from the, to Suge. Hey, Leftovers. It's 5.46 a.m. and I just got home from seeing Logan. I didn't plan on getting home so late. After all, my original tickets were for 11.30 uh, at an Alamo Draft House, one of the cinemas where you can order alcohol and food. Uh, I've heard those are great cinemas. Yeah, sounds awesome. But on my way there, ended up getting a flat tire. Uh, AAA helped my girlfriend and I out, but we were still late to the movie, and per Alamo regulations, we couldn't enter the movie. Luckily, my girlfriend is a manager at a movie theater, and so we waited for all of her coworkers to leave and had ourselves a private showing of Logan. She assured me that she wasn't breaking any rules by doing this, but I can't help but think that upper management would frown upon her using the cinema for a private showing at around 2 a.m. Whatever the case may be, I'm lucky to have a girl who would do something like that. Come on, leave that shit out. He's just trying to get a blowjob at that point, <laughs> right? I mean, throwing that in there. Oh, thank you, honey. Hey, they're going to read it on the podcast. Blow me. By the way, I hope your boss doesn't listen. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, I, I don't I don't think this dude's real name is Tasuj. Oh. I'm just throwing that out there. So I, think, I think he's fine. I just think he's trying to get blown here. Um, <laughs> it's like a catfishing scheme, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, I have never thought that the Fox X-Men movies have had certain elements of the X-Men that I think make them work, such as them diluting the mutant metaphor by having characters be able to hide their mutations. Uh, Beast, removing the international element of some characters. Banshee, Storm. Uh, hell, they did it with Colossus as well in, the, yeah. in those first films. Yeah. And, and not giving certain characters any characterizations as... Uh, at all, uh, Colossus. And my criticism uh, goes double for the solo Wolverine movies, but this one finally felt like not just a good solo Wolverine story, but the elements with Charles made it feel like this was a glimpse of an X-Men universe that I wanted to see more of. I could go on, but it's too damn early, and I have to work tomorrow. The movie was a Tupperware for me. I hope you all enjoyed it, too. Keep up the good work. Hey, it's good to know that this guy finally gives something a fucking uh, Tupperware rating because we only get four out of five fucking stars on iTunes from this asshole. (laughs) But it's nice to know. It's nice to know that you enjoy something fully, you fucking dick. Now get your. Now enjoy your (laughs) blowjob. Oh, sorry. He goes, P.S. I sent you guys a package. Um, 
<laughs> this guy's handing out packages left and right. Hopefully. Whoa. Uh, he's handing one into his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, hopefully it will get there soon. Keep an eye out. So, yeah. Thank you. I can't wait to get the package. Really, we really appreciate it. And uh, change that fucking iTunes review anyway. Uh, Finn Deeds Creek says, I saw Logan last night. And Whoa. I- isn't he way too young? Oh. <laughs> no, he's 17 now, isn't oh. he? Holy shit. Is Finn yep, seven, he is. He's 17. You can get into these movies when you're 17. Oh, So wow. he saw that lady, he saw that lady in the Uber take her, take her top down, show off her boobies. Nice. Remember that? Yep. Do you remember, you remember all the guys in there for the bachelor party? Yeah. Was that like the, uh, were they going to a Miles Teller convention? What the <laughs> fuck? Did, did, you know, did you see all those guys? Just, they all look like Miles Teller. Yeah. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Was there a Miles Teller cosplay convention going on? <laughs> I, I'll have to check that on the second viewing. Oh my, it was, it was unreal. It was like all these different versions of Miles Teller. I was like, not only are they suppressing the mutant gene, but they're putting something in the water to make every fucking, uh, like teenager look like Miles Teller, so it was bizarre. Um, he goes, I saw Logan last night and I loved it. Although I saw a later showing and it was getting pretty late, so I got tired. Uh, place Joe Vitale age joke here. <laughs> oh, Finn. Logan was a Tupperware. <laughs> Finn, stop it. Uh, Logan was a Tupperware. Very excited to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Have a great week. Finn, hashtag I miss Jay. You know, I, you know, like Finn's ratings anymore. Like, you know, he gives it a, t- he, this kid gives Tupperwares out. Yeah, like he it's puts nothing. Logan on the same pedestal as Fantastic Four. Exactly. You know? Yikes. No, I think, no, he's gonna come back and say, oh, I just gave it a taste or a high taste. You still liked it, you fucking idiot. You still, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Finn, I love you. You still liked Fantastic Four. I can't take your ratings seriously. I don't know, I don't even know why you write in at this ah! point. Um, I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's no, it's cool. We're gonna watch the journey of Finn. We're watching Finn's journey. Finn, when you get a little bit older and you've had more exposure to cinema, and I know he's got a lot of exposure to a lot of movies. Like yeah, this kid, yeah. this kid blows me away. All the movies he's seen, he's watched a lot of the John Hughes stuff from the '80s. You know, he 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 he's watched a lot of these. He's well schooled so he's far. He's very well schooled. Life needs to fuck him over a little bit. Once exactly. he gets a little bit more jaded, once like li- the rest yeah, of us, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Go through a divorce. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. That'll brighten your day. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, no. <laughs> Make your outlook all nice and fucking rosy. I'm just saying, like, once Finn gets a little bit older and he watches more movies and shit, uh, you know, he, he's going to get to the point where he's like, man, this movie just it didn't hit me. You know, because, like, the, everything's so fresh and new. Everything's so fresh and new and you're, you're seeing things for the first time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? Don't worry, guys. I'll have a word with him. All right. <laughs> uh, last email is uh, – it comes from Yaden Sturdivant, and it is the longest fucking emails. I swear, dude, what is up with this shit? I mean – Part-time like, novelist. Honestly, if you're going to send an email this long, get your fucking own podcast at this point <laughs> is what I'm saying. Everyone else has one. Just fucking jump on the bandwagon. No doubt. You know, Just get your own podcast if you got this much to fucking say. Whew, Jesus Christ, dude. Oh my god. I should have broken this up into like three different parts. Read the first part at the beginning of the show, <laughs> the second part they're in the middle, Split and then we get to finish. Next it. week's episode is just this email. Oh, <laughs> Start events email. Man. The sequel. Here we go. Uh for nearly a generation now, we have undeservingly suffered through many ill told stories, suffered through the apathy of basic canon or continuity. Can you see him like at his computer here with his little glasses on? Doogie Hauser. Yeah. You know, how, how many 
drafts. Jake, I'm telling you, this is like fucking six paragraphs. How many, how many, how many fucking drafts of this thing did this guy go through? I think it started off a lot shorter. Four. He he read it through once and he's like, no, I need to add this here. (laughs) And then, you know what I mean? And then like after that, he he got through, he read it again. Oh, I missed this. And by the time it's over with, Oh my God, we got ourselves like a, this is like a fucked up movie where there's like so many different elements in it. Yeah. You know, this is like World War Z, you know? <laughs> At one like point he's got movie. his finger on the send button and he's like, you know what, one yeah. more fucking thing. <laughs> You're right, Frank. It's like DC. This is like the ultimate cut of this fucking email. <laughs> Like can we, can we trim this shit down? Well, at least it's not like DC, and we have to put up with the, the email twice. Yeah, that's uh. true. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what everybody's saying right now, Brian. If you just shut the fuck up, you'd have the email read and done by now. And to those people, I say, go fuck yourselves. All right. Anyway, um, yeah, I just told all our listeners to go fuck themselves. <laughs> Yeah, me too, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he goes on to say, uh, and they've suffered through the disappointing false faith in directors that deceptively gave us hope of a well-made X-Man story. But today, we mustn't suffer no longer. A change is amongst us. A new dawn has risen, and it has warmed our faces. What? Is this fucking Braveheart? Presidential address? I mean, yeah, it's like, dude, is he fucking, you have a podium at home that you're Fucking reading this. Four score and 17 years ago. Jeez. <laughs> Brethren, what we have before us is a revival in the life of the Marvel Fox Entertainment Partnership. There is a restoration of the cinematic mutant story laid before us, and we have one mighty mutant to give thanks to, and that's the all persevering Logan. Four score, seven years ago, our forefathers. Oh, no, I'm just <laughs> Logan. I don't know what to believe at this point. Yeah. <laughs> one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Mutant kind. I have a dream. I have a dream that you didn't send this fucking email. <laughs> Start of it. Sounds, sounds like a good dream. Yeah. <laughs> it's one I don't want to wake up from. Uh, let's see. Logan has come out before us and has rejuvenated the classic storyline of family to the X-Men lore. The one con- uh, continuous theme or proclamation throughout Logan is the importance of family. At the start, Logan cares about only one thing, and that's the preservation and safety of his small but dying mutant family, which consists of only him, Charles, and Caliban. Yeah, it's like, save the mutants, but fuck that farmer's family, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. He tried his best. Dan, that really, Collateral damage. That really bothered Dan. It did. That's all oh, it did. Dude, the, the, the death of that family shook Dan up more than fucking Wolverine dying. We, we, we spent 17 years with this motherfucker. We spent fucking 20 minutes with this fucking family, and Dan's all choked up about this family. Damn, I wish they wouldn't have died. Logan, I felt nothing. Dan, Dan, feels, wor- Dan feels worse about these people eating genetically mu- mutated corn. Then he says, Dan's like, why can't people just get, like, organic food in the future? You picky son of a bitch. Jeez, Dan. <laughs> anyway, uh, but there are those who do- – I'm never going to get this, through this email. But there are those who do not want the mutant family to survive and they will go to all lengths to bring it to an end. With the desire to eradicate Logan's family, the adversary begins his hunt. The hunt quickly becomes a journey or adventure through an array of climates, cultures, regions, and landscapes. From the dusty and desolate deserts of Mexico and Texas through the city lights and cesspools of a casino town and into the heartland of cornfields and hollowsome farmlands, the, ca- the chase continues on and ultimately becomes a costly in life but fruitful in new hope and 
Philos, Greek for family love. Jesus, start event. This is a hell of a synopsis. I know. I, yeah, this is. Oh, man. This email is making me lower my rating. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> the portrayal of the story is magnificently and nearlessly flawlessly performed by a glorious cast consisting of Hugh Jackman. We already went through the cast earlier, Chief. Come on. He's listing the fucking he, cast. Yes, yes. Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, Daphne Keene, Boyd Holt. Brick, Stephen Merchant, and several other excellent actors. He loves Stephen Merchant, Dan. All of, <laughs> all of the above mentioned actors gave heartfelt and believable performances <laughs> that put the viewer on a roller coaster ride of intense emotions. The scenes of Logan carrying a decrepit Charles up a flight of stairs filled the heart with sorrow and empathy. The scenes of Logan and Laura violently slashing and beheading the dark forces with vengeance and anger filled the veins with adrenaline. And the scenes of Charles losing control of his power and placing the surrounding word into despair and anguish filled the body and mind with anxiety and fear. Holy crap. It's like he's trying to describe emotions to a robot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this email yeah. just gave me the same kind of cancer Logan had. It's like Haley Joel Osment, the little boy in AI. Yeah. That's, <laughs> em- that's empathy. Sit down and I'm going to explain the story of Logan to you. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, there, or Dan, he had no emotions during this fucking movie. Ro- robot Dan, potato, potato. I, I've totally changed my stance on this email. I think it needs to be read so Dan can understand human emotion. While he's tied up in a room alone. <laughs> Fucking! Uh, I, I honestly, I think Dan fucking was bored at Transigen. <laughs> oh man, uh, there was only one notable issue with Logan, and that was the predictable storyline of the definitive antagonist. The antagonist's creation and succumbing were both easily assumed. Some would say that the idea or the creation of the definitive antagonist lacked creativity. Some would say that. Some would say in those words, it's been said, uh, you know, I, I just, I ran into somebody on the street the other day that just brought that up to me. They were like, man, the, the idea or the creation of this definitive antagonist lack creativity. And I was like, damn straight brother. So many syllables. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, but without him and his introduction, we would lose a very emotional and pivotal, pivotal moment in the story. Another bone of contention between viewers is the closing of the story. One side would prefer a final chapter to the Logan slash original X-Men story with no suggestion of a continuation at all. While others prefer the notion of the passing of the baton to the next generation. The passing of the baton works. It provides death to one generation and gives birth to the next generation with no loss uh, of rhythm. Uh, All in all, Logan is by far the best bloodshedding, beheading, vulgarific story about family that I have ever seen. I'm going to – you know what? Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a little bit better. (laughs) I, I I need another week to make that call. (laughs) <laughs> it's too fresh. No, I'm just I have, uh, text, the original no, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That family, yeah, they're kind of fucked up, Jake. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, thank you for the email, start of it. I had to inject a little bit of humor into it to get through it, but yeah, all in all, great email. He spent a lot of time on it, so guys, let's give him a round of applause. That's what he wants. Take your bow, start of it. Yeah, good job. Good job. <laughs> Job. You did it, man. You did it. Well worded. How, I, and you know what? Follow up with an email, and I, I don't want. I don't. Don't. Don't go all like uh, exhaustive in the email. I just want you to send me a number. I want you to tell me how many drafts you had of this email. I mean, I just want an email from you, and if it says six, that's that's fine. I just want to know how many drafts you went through of this fucking email. <laughs> I love how we start with the Dan Machum bra, and we end up with the. 
<laughs> this fucking email at the yeah, end. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, guys. Any closing thoughts on uh, on uh, this universe, on, uh, on this movie? I guess I, I can't say this universe because they're opening it up with Supernova. Yeah. Supernova. It's, it's, any closing thoughts on the end of Hugh Jackman's yeah. Wolverine? I, I we'll start with Dan first. Because yeah, I don't want to end it. I don't want to end it with him. <laughs> yeah, no shit. God. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I'll, I'll miss him. I, I will miss him, man. Is uh, I couldn't believe like the performance he put in in the first X Men movie. And I mean, I know you guys are saying I'm a heartless bastard and everything, but when I watch, <laughs> even to this day, when I watch X Men, when he's in the uh, the truck with Rogue and she asks if like it hurts when when they come out. And he just sort of like looks at his knuckles and says, "Every time I do get choked up, every ah, time I watch that's that." That's a different movie. Ah. I know, but Hold we're talking on. about the universe. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all crocodile tears with Dan West. <laughs> crocodile I'm just tears. Lying to myself. Yeah, yeah. You don't prove that you're emo- not emotionalist by citing when you had emotion from a lesser movie. Oh god! Yeah, we're gonna get emails. <laughs> we're gonna get emails about this episode. They're gonna be like, "Hey, remember the time you uh, you had a sociopath on your on your show?" <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I do remember. Oh, yeah. it's like Dexter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. If only people knew me. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I will miss him. I will miss yeah. Hugh Jackman for definite. He brought life to a character that I've loved since I was fucking like, you know, 10, 11 years old. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to miss him, man. I really will. I think that the uh, this movie did a really good job of summing up something that he said in the comics. I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do is not very nice. And his struggle throughout the film of constantly doing what's needed and the right thing and hating it the whole time because he doesn't want to get dragged into this shit was just great. I just thought it was absolutely a wonderful ending to a saga for him. Mm-hmm. I love the quote, uh, nature made me a freak, man made me a weapon, and God made it last too long. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's oh, great. Nice. Yeah. That was great. Jake. Yeah, I mean, I think we pretty much covered it here. I, I fucking love this movie. I, I thought it was damn near perfection. Loved yeah. it. I uh, I'm just... I'm happy and I'm sad. It's bittersweet, man. It's really bittersweet to see the end of, the, of this chapter of uh, of Wolverine. Yeah. Um, at least I know. got it right at the end. I mean, I started <laughs> off, you know, watching the the original film. I was probably 21 or 22, and here I am, 39, and still he's doing this. I mean, I, I've kind of like grown up with this guy, you know, over the years, you know, and uh, what he did for comic book movies, what he's done for, you know, stardom. In, in these, he brought legitimacy to this, you know, mm-hmm. because not only did he blow up as an actor, but he kept coming back to the character out of love. He didn't have to. Mm-hmm. No. He could have been like, you know, and I'm not saying Chris Evans is like this now, but he could have been like, he could have been like that. He could have been like other actors that have left the roles and not looked back, mm-hmm. yeah. but he stuck with it and he came back and he did all these movies and He's got a great body of work behind him as the character. Not all the stories were written great, but he always did justice to the character. Mm-hmm. So it's bittersweet. I'm glad that I, I was alive during a time to, you know, be old enough to enjoy the movies and then watch them come out year after year after year. And, and if you knew one thing, you always knew you're going to get Hugh Jackman in a Wolver- in, a, in an X-Men film. Oh, surely. And the next one that comes out, we're not getting him. 
You know, if we ever do, it's like a cameo of him as Hugh Jackman. But he's done as Wolverine. Right. Yeah. He's done. And that, that hit me. That's one of the other things that hit me at the end when we saw the screen go to black. Is like he's not coming back. Yeah. That's you know right. what I mean? And it hit me. And uh, don't, don't, Fox, don't you dare. Don't you fucking dare. I, I, I know they brought back to life, you know, um, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. In, in Star Wars. Oh, no. Not CG Hugh. Don't, no. don't, don't you dare do this. Do, do not, do not do it. I, I don't even, I, I don't, Hugh Jackman, if he gives his thumbs up to say it's okay to use his likeness in these movies. Cut I, his thumb off. I, yeah. I don't think he would. Don't, please don't do it, Hugh. Don't come back. Don't come back. Let this be, let this be the end. Please, Agreed. please. All right, guys. I've had a lot of fun. Dan, thank you so much for joining us as always. You were fantastic. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I was shit. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no, you know what? No, that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't want you to get on here and give a bullshit review. I want you to be true to yourself, and that's what you did. Yeah, wet blanket yeah, it up. <laughs> yeah, what I was gonna, what I was gonna say was this is kind of like when you did the Interstellar one, and I think Brian didn't you high taste Interstellar? Nah, I think I might have just tasted it. Maybe just I tasted had, it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I people seem seem to forget that I high taste this movie. And there's so much of it that I absolutely fucking love. You know, yeah. like like I said, man, first two two acts of this movie, absolute Tupperware all the way through. Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, incredible, like all the way through. And um, and you know, Daphne Keane, absolutely fucking amazing. And it's listen, not listen, Dan, you're acting it, like you're a defendant in court. <laughs> no, you be you know, you know, I'm saying I just want to get it through to people that you know, I did, I love this movie, but it, there were flaws in it that I yeah. saw. And that, you know, things didn't hit home for me, but for the most part, I thought it was absolutely fucking fantastic. And it's, I mean, we, we did say we were going to rate our, like, Wolverine movies, and, yeah. oh, like, yeah. Origins is a toss it, uh, Wolverine is a low taste it, and this is a high taste it. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, ratings wise, uh, I would go, uh, toss it for Origins, toss it for the Wolverine, Tupperware for Logan. Yeah, I've, wow. got, I've got one of each. I've got a toss it, taste it Tupperware, and I'm sure you can yeah. say which is which. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on that boat too. I obviously Tupperware this, and I taste Origins, and I toss uh, the Wolverine. Oh, come on now! You t- <laughs> that's that's the, insane. The samurai one. Yeah, you yeah. think that's toss- worse than Origins? Yeah. Oh, get out of town. Is the ending for me? Get out of town. With the fucking bone claws and the samurai shredder and shit, that, Frank, that's I'm, what did it. I'm fine with it, man. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I mean, I think it's, I think they're both, I, I think they're both tossets. Both of those films are tosses. I mean, I don't know. There's no redemption with, uh, with, uh, Deadpool at the end, that battle at the end. Like, right. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst thing ever. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, probably got, not going to have a full, like a full, like uh, review like we did for Logan. But we are definitely, if if you guys have seen it, going to be talking about Kong Skull Island. Yes, oh, I saw the trailer, uh, the newest trailer in the IMAX, and this is one of my most anticipated movies of this year. After seeing that trailer, it, it, that, that movie, that trailer in IMAX was just fantastic. Oh my god, this just looks, they're going to war against Kong. Oh my god. We gotta get out of this place! We gotta get out of this place! That's Pete, a weird trailer music. I don't, dude, I, fuck off, Jake. Fuck off. You, you and your fucking trailer music and shit. You piss and moan about some stupid ass fucking shit sometimes. God damn it. That fucking trailer was amazing. Oh my god. 
And you're going to come in here and you're going to – I'm going to taste it. Awesome visuals. Yeah. Stupid song manipulation. Fuck off. It was amazing. Uh, the tra- <laughs> I, got, I was so pumped. I was so fucking pumped for that fucking movie. I'm so pumped for it. I can't wait. I'm, I'm ending this. Dan pissed on this movie. Now you're pissing on another movie. Jesus, I'm ending this bitch. We got to get out of here. this place. I'm getting out of this place right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you next week. Later. See you. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Topic good and do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And for the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and do the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Left over Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture left over Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.